All right, I don't, I don't really have an intro. <laughs> I had a oh, few no. ideas, but I, uh, I don't know. I, I might be a little too dying to, to do them. Yeah, what what accents could we even do here? It's, it's all right. Here's I'll do, I'll do a quick one. We'll see. All right. <clears throat> hey, it's Alan the Alien here. Uh, you're listening to the Infinity Watch podcast. <laughs> I'm Seth Rogen. <laughs> There right. you go. There's the there intro. You go. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> Eric, Eric's dying. Uh, wel- welcome to the Infinity Watch podcast. Uh, we are back after a short break here, um, trying to get back up on it. Um, whatever it is we're getting back up on. My name is Tommy, and I'm here with my slowly dying but still deliciously beautiful co-host, Eric. And we are back. Please welcome. rate my Seth Rogen impression from 1 to 10. That actually came out of my mouth much better than I was expecting. I thought it was actually like like it's like seven eight for wow. me. Wow, I, I thought it was pretty good. Wow, I, I wasn't sure what you were about to do, and then I was like, oh, yeah, okay. It's pretty, <laughs> I think it helps that like you're dying almost. It, so. Honestly, it might. It might. You know, whatever works. I guess so. <laughs> you're you're just you, you know, I think you're uh, you got the COVID shot just so you could do the the uh, impersonation true worth it dedication all right welcome to the infinity watch podcast we are on episode 18 season two we are here to talk about the tv show invincible on amazon prime based on the comic of the same name by robert kirkman um the first season is out now if you haven't seen it go check it out super awesome we are kind of bridging the gap right now between MCU series that are going on and you know we just wrapped up Falcon and the Winter Soldier a couple weeks ago took a little break after talking about Mortal Kombat next week we'll be talking about the Thor movies kind of in anticipation of Loki which will be coming out uh, in the first week of June so we'll be talking about Invincible today but before we do that we took a little break there's a lot of little news bits going on obviously uh there's no shortage of anything happening in in the nerd realms these days. Um, you know what I always think about when I'm going through <laughs> going through all the news that we talk about is could you imagine if we didn't have the internet and like we had to get like those fucking magazines that they used to sell at like uh, <laughs> entertainment stores and, and you just like that's the only way you'd find out about what was happening with movies. It's just wild the details we get now. Yeah, it is. I do kind of miss those. <laughs> I guess not so much those magazines, but I was a big fan of uh, particularly Nintendo Power magazines, and I regret getting rid oh, yeah. of the hun- the well over 100 I must have had. Uh, oh my gosh, those go for a lot of money these days, I think, the old ones. I know, and they would go for a lot of money in my nostalgia bank, for sure, uh, but <laughs> I got rid of all of them, unfortunately. You know, like, even... even um... I mean, this was obviously when I was in like elementary school, I believe. Um, as, as listeners of the podcast know, I'm a huge James Bond nerd as well. And I remember going into a movie theater to see a movie. And 
I found out that the new James Bond movie was coming out because I saw the trailer for it. And like I I genuinely miss that feeling a little yeah. bit. Uh because when you find out all these details, sometimes it just like it I think it takes some of the anticipation out of it a little bit. I don't know. Um but there's that, I guess. Um, but there's a couple articles I have today that, that are going to kind of touch on that feeling of like, wow, we're really like getting the details here. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a little bit funny. But let's start off with our favorite show, WandaVision. And I thought this was interesting. Um, Elizabeth Olsen, obviously the star of WandaVision, who plays the Scarlet Witch, um, she dropped some knowledge, I think, when she was doing an interview. She was talking with the Hollywood Reporter and um, on the podcast, she was kind of describing the Scarlet Witch's powers, and she said, quote, she has a few fun powers, you know, telekinesis, and she can travel between universes. And I, it's like... <laughs> okay. Um, like, <laughs> that's not like, you know, it's not like a normal power, and I feel like she kind of just uh, wow. maybe let us in on a little bit of what might be happening in the upcoming Doctor Strange film. Yeah, that's, uh, I did not see that. That's really funny. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like well, it's Tom like, Holland levels of... <laughs> I know, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, you know, there's people always ask you, like, if you could have any superpower, what would you choose? No one has ever said, I would like to travel between universes. <laughs> Ooh, well... Uh, now I kind of want to. Yeah, true. Get out of this one, but you know, it's. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I thought that was a really interesting little line there that may have, uh, you know, sneaked past a few people if you weren't kind of reading up on some of these. Yeah, things. it's. Uh, well, I'm excited to see Wanda travel between universes. Yeah, whatever that'll look like, we'll see. But little interesting tidbits. I'm super excited about that movie, so we'll see. All right, call it now. Which hero are we going to see a cameo appearance of like a crazy alternative version of? Ooh. There's for sure going to be one. If there's any dimension hopping. I'm trying to think like Doctor Strange. And so like it's got to be like an it's it's Captain America. That was my first thought, too. Maybe he won't be in Secret Invasion. He'll be in this. Yeah, might be. Might what if he's be? like a Nazi or something? That'd be wild. Oh shit! If they did hide the that recent uh, Hydra storyline where he's like secretly Hydra or whatever, everyone freaked out. Yeah. And they're like, "This isn't my Captain America," and it's like, "You people are so fucking yeah. dumb!" Like, w- Jesus, wait, literally not even a year, it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh my gosh, people always all freak comics out. always revert to the mean. Yes, they sure do. <laughs> And some, for some reason, people haven't figured that out after, you know, 60 <laughs> yeah. plus years. Insane. But, uh, you know, people like to be upset. So. True. Um, speaking of Loki, as brought that up earlier, um, reportedly, and I, I don't quite buy this, but Tom Hiddleston said he didn't know a Disney Plus series was in his future when he shot Avengers Endgame. Um, he was talking to Entertainment Weekly. Um, and he believed that Infinity War was kind of like the last thing for him. He said it felt very, very final, and I thought, okay, that's it. This is Loki's final bow and, and a conclusive end to the Odin Sun saga. Um, <laughs> what? And then obviously he came back. So that was when he died at, at the hands of Thanos. He thought that was kind of his end. Um, but obviously, uh, you know, when he comes back in Endgame, that opened things up a little bit, but it's just, I don't know, for some reason it feels like he maybe would have known that already, 
I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I think he's lying. <laughs> Makes for a good article. Yeah, you true. Know? Got to get them clicks. But I will say, I know we'll talk about it the next two weeks as we're hyping up Loki and getting excited about it. I've seen a, a couple clips um, that they've released, and I am excited about that show. Oh, yeah. I have not seen any of the clips, but it's not... I just didn't know they existed. I, I would have watched them, but I am super excited for that show, too. I think they released one in the last couple days. That was quite good. Nice. Um, but I'm trying not... I watch a little bit of them, then I'm like, okay, I'm done. Like, I, I just don't... I don't like it getting too much ahead of it because then my brain's like trying to figure shit out. Even if I'm not trying to, you know, it's like subconsciously I'm like trying to sort out what's, what's actually going on. Um, and so who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. <laughs> this next one is interesting. There's a lot of movement lately about a movie that I didn't think would actually happen. So when Harrison Ford came back, and did his 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 cameos and his appearance in the in the new Star Wars movies. He basically had an agreement with Disney that he would do that as long as they made another Indiana Jones <laughs> movie with him in it. And like the dude, like I love Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is great, um, and I really enjoy them. But like the dude is almost eighty. He is going to be seventy nine this year, and it's just like I would have much rather them kind of rebooted the franchise a little bit. Maybe they'll try to do that with this, but like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, mm, just kind of weird about it. But um, according to the our favorite website, the Illuminati, <laughs> um, the movie will be set in the 1960s during the space race uh, with Indiana Jones coming up against the Nazis and Mads Mikkelsen is believed to be playing a villain well, shocker there. And his character is described as a Nazi scientist enlisted into NASA to work on the space agency's moon landing initiative. <laughs> uh, so in the Indiana Jones, I have never seen an Indiana Jones movie, but in the universe, in the Indiana Jones universe, am I wrong in thinking that like it's there are aliens confirmed? Um, isn't the last the last movie kind of dealt with that a little bit yes so do you think there would be nothing funnier to me in the entire world if they made if he made this deal he he's like all right i'll do this thing i clearly hate which is star wars if we do one more indiana jones movie i think it would be really funny if the indiana jones movie they brought him back to do was basically just star wars <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh no they're definitely not aliens in that sense that's for sure um but that would be hilarious but then like they have like the, the crystal skull is like an alien skeleton right or no yeah it's just it's basically like there was they were like ancient alien kind of things going on everyone hates that movie i don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is but um it's not like aliens in the sense of a star wars thing okay but. I'm just saying, um, doors open. Little little nerdy tidbit for y'all. Um, Indiana Jones, the only reason Indiana Jones was created is because Steven Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond movie, and they're like, nah, we're good. And so he made Indiana Jones, which was his American version of James Bond. And they share a lot of parallels together oh. in, in how, like... The, the structure of them, and there's, like, a lot of callbacks to James Bond movies, and they share a lot of the same actors and everything. Um, wow. And so that's that's kind of how that started. I never knew that. It, wow. That's, uh, that's really interesting to me, because I also have, I think I've seen, like, maybe one 
uh, James Bond movie, at least only one of the modern James Bond movies. And I liked it, but like the aesthetic of James Bond is so much more appealing to me than the aesthetic of Indiana Jones. It is absolutely insane. I And I never yeah. would have even... Uh, wow, I never would have even made that connection, but I, I totally see that. Yeah, I, I think the one thing that Indiana Jones misses a little bit, even though I think they try to do it, is that like James Bond is almost like a travel log in some sense, where it's like, even if you're not like super into the story, you get, like, get to see all these cool foreign places that you like probably would have never seen or heard of. Um, and they do a really good job at that, whereas Indiana Jones is a little bit different, I guess, in that aspect, but very similar um, in, in a lot of ways. Um, Eric, I got this next little story for you here. Our good old pal, Gina Carano. <laughs> okay. What's, what's turns Gina out, up to? It turns out that, uh, according to Variety, Star Wars Rangers of the New, uh, the New Republic is not currently in active development. <laughs> Shocker. Oh, Shocker. man. R.I.P. Just switch her out for Hera Syndulla. That's, and you're done. There, there you go. Problem solved. I'm, sh- I'm sure that name means something. That, Hera is the, uh, one of the, of the main cast of Rebels, She's the uh the the Twi'lek. She's like the captain, the pilot. Oh and, yeah, um, would, they're probably like we can't do the Twi'lek like ear budget. We can't handle it. Uh, that's so annoying. What is so crazy is like I have seen. I'm sure I've seen like cosplays where the they're called Leku. I think right. They gotta be. They're called the Leku. Like they look fine, and it's like even in the Mandalorian. And before any big Star Wars nerds jump down my throat, I am aware that I don't think Ahsoka's things are the same as Leku. I'm 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 99% sure it's a different thing, but similar similar technology would be used to make those things look good. And even that, in my opinion, was like barely passable. Uh, yeah, I was I when that when she came on, I was like, really. We do like a little bit better. They've got to be able to do better. I they must be able to. And Hera's so cool. Like she's probably my favorite character in that series. And uh, it'll it will be a goddamn shame if she doesn't show up in live action, as all the other characters from that series seem like they're going to. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm super excited about that. Um, I really enjoyed the second season of Mandalorian. I've been frankly, and we'll talk about this with Invincible. I haven't been watching that much TV. Um, and so I kind of go through these series a little bit slower than normal outside of the Marvel stuff. And so I really enjoyed kind of watching that piece by piece. And I, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm glad most of it wasn't spoiled for me. So um, looking forward to seeing what else comes there because it seems like we're ramping up and ramping up. So yeah. Oh, yeah. More and more content is coming our way. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, next up is related to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, uh, which is still just a crazy name, but I feel like it's not too bad, I guess. No, I like um, it. Evangeline Lilly, who plays the Wasp, um, posted an, an Instagram post, which I think has been deleted now, and she says, got my script, read it, love it, can't wait. Um, but what she did is she added a hashtag with Corey Stoll's name. 
Um, and that's, of course, the actor that played oh, yeah. Darren Cross in the first movie, as well as Yellow Jacket. And so there's a bunch of rumors now going around that he's going to come back. Um, you know, maybe when he kind of got like sucked up, maybe he was, you know, thrown into the quantum realm. Who knows what happens? Um, but as you know, in comics, no one's ever really dead. So maybe, maybe Corey Stoll's returning. We'll, we'll find out. All I want to, I mean, Corey Stoll's fine. I, but all I want to see from this movie is if Corey Stoll is back, I want him to be back for five seconds. So the wasp can steal his costume and actually be the wasp instead of just Ant-Man 2 with wings. Because oh, uh, I, it's it annoys me. It irrationally annoys me so much that her costume has no yellow in it. Yeah, kind of you want to switch it from more of the legacy suit to the, to the new age yeah, yellow and black. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I guess I will say, like, outside of the costume aspect of things, it's also worth noting that Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania's villain will be Kang the Conqueror, which means time travel's involved, which means we could just go back to a time where Corey Stoll's character is still oh, alive. Oh, true. So, you know, who knows what will happen. I, I bet it probably will be something really small. Um, but I'm all on board with the yellow and black, so more Wasp this time would be really good. Yes, agreed. So, we will see. All right, this next story, there's so many, so many things going on, so... It's got lots to go through. I'm trying to go through it quickly. This next story I I pulled as an example of maybe we have too much information here. Because I saw this article and I was like, are we really making an article about this right now? It says, Spider-Man No Way Home reportedly is enlisting the visual effects teams who worked on Spider-Man and the Amazing Spider-Man films. Uh, I don't care. Nobody in the world cares. Does anyone just put out a trailer? Like, do it like <laughs> so I'm so I'm so I'm so over all Spider-Man news. <laughs> well, it's just like it's just like let's try to make another article here, release some more information about how all the Spider-Men are gonna be in this movie yeah. all the time. That's every article for this movie. It's so annoying. But don't confirm it, even though it's talked about every fucking week in a different way. But don't confirm it, though. Yeah, it's like the worst, worst kept secret ever. I'm still not a hundred percent. I think I'm probably like ninety five percent convinced. But I'm still not a. I just don't want to get Mephisto'd. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't know. I feel like we somehow will still get Mephisto. I feel, yeah. I, I would not be sure. <laughs> like Andrew Garfield's in it, but not as Peter Parker. <laughs> just some, just some other character. Yeah. I mean, I guess like we got like the full on. We got the full-on um, uh, interview where Alfred Molina says he's in it as the character. And so, unless he's blatantly yeah, lying, yeah, that's we true. know that's happening. I just don't get how... <laughs> like, it just... It seems sloppy. Like, you would think, like, Alfred Molina's a veteran actor, and so, so is Jamie Foxx. It's like, those both seem to be confirmed, confirmed. And it, well, like you said, I mean, Alfred Molina is definitely confer- like he was talking ab- about it in an interview. Right. But yeah, yeah. like then why? I just don't get it. It's like some of the actors seem to have free reign to talk about it. But other ones, you know what don't? I think it is. What's up? What is What is it? It's a four letter word, my friend. Fuck Sony. Ah, <laughs> which basically are the same words. Yeah. Yeah, shit. I bet you're right. It Sony probably is, is a Sony. fuck. 
Yep. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's also still mind-blowingly crazy to me that, uh, you know, we'll have like six months uh, left in the year. Not We'll have like five months left in the year, and there's four movies coming out. And so um, it's wild that like between July and December, <laughs> we're getting that many movies. And like, I feel like they're maybe trying to plan the marketing out. And then, you know, we got the, the new... Uh, the new trailer for Venom, Let There Be Carnage oh, or whatever. Oh my fucking god! Are, are um, you were you planning on talking about that at all? Let's let's talk about it now. Uh, and um, Eric, what do you think? Yeah, uh, absolute garbage. That movie's gonna suck, just like the first one fucking sucked. Uh, god, I hate everything about this franchise. I hate everyone How did in it. That movie makes so much money. I don't. I still know. don't understand because pe- because Venom at its core is a cool, like, everybody knows Venom. It's like Spider-Man. I I would venture a guess that the public doesn't know or care about Green Goblin or Doc Ock or any of those villains, They but they know and care about Venom. Morbius. Yeah, Morbius. <laughs> but, uh, Morbius. But they definitely know Venom, especially if you were alive in the 90s. Every, Venom was fucking the villain in the 90s, I feel like. And I mean, you get a movie that's rated 29% on Rotten Tomatoes and still makes almost $900 million. Yeah, it, it's it's it it's baffling because that movie fucking sucked. This trailer fucking sucks. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Like they they're making everything about Venom, the comic relief of the character, like really, really corny comic. Yes. Relief. <laughs> and I, I, I don't I think I need to like I saw the first one in theaters. And I was like, yeah, fun, but like, I'll never watch that again. Yeah. Um, this one, I, I, I can't go see it. No, dude, it looks so like I don't know what specifically hit me so weird about it, but like, honestly, I was like, this looks like not even half as good as the first one, which was terrible. I don't even understand how. I don't. I don't know. I just. Cause it, I think maybe because it looked almost exactly the same, but with like yeah. even worse, even worse jokes. <laughs> like I don't know. I, I I don't. I I don't get it, and it's I don't know. It'll probably make a lot of money. Let me tell you, it's gonna make a lot of money. <sighs> yeah, it unfortunately Somehow, probably some way. will. But uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Boyca- hashtag least- boycott Venom. Get make a yeah, real Venom. Seriously, make a real Venom. This is fake Venom. Spider Man's not even. Ah, it, uh, it's what a waste. Like what a fucking waste. Just make a real Venom. Yeah. Kill kill this one off. Ex- blow this What's universe like- up. <laughs> it seems to me like that's like Sony's mo is that like they take really cool opportunities yeah, and make like, them really completely bad. blow it. Man. Yeah, they, it's just like. You ruined Venom in the first appearance in Spider-Man Three. It was really bad. Uh, you ruined Venom in his own movie, but now like we're just like we're going down the line. We're just like gonna keep milking it until people don't care as much. And like clearly, the executives at Sony don't know how to handle a property. They yeah. just don't. Like they were they were like sucking all the life out of Spider-Man Two, um, and it just like. You realize just because people love something and you put something out, like they're not going to continue to love it if it's always shitty. Yeah, I uh, I hope I never reach a point in my life 
where I am as out of touch as Sony executives about their own properties. Seriously, my it's goodness. It's baffling. You could talk to any even moderate superhero fan, and they could tell you 20 things that Sony is awful at, and they'd be 100% right about everything they listed. And it's like, how can that, How does that information not get to the people who matter? You just got a bunch of really, really out of touch old white men in a room that have never opened a comic book in their life. And oh my gosh, like did you ever read any of those those emails that Sony yes. got leaked from like North Korea? Yes, like, it's crazy. Oh my god. They're like kids are into EDM. Maybe we could have Spider Man swing around to EDM music and it's like oh are, are you fucking kidding Absolutely me? Absolutely nuts. The the young Aunt May movie. <laughs> we're gonna put we're like, gonna make Aunt May the star. <laughs> like dude, dude why? like Talk about just like milking, <laughs> milking the the life and soul out of whatever property you own. What is so crazy to me about that too is, and I could be talking out of my ass here, but I'm pretty sure it was referenced that like that idea came from like you know we want to have more female led movies, which is like great. You should. That is important. But the Spider Man universe has dozens. And dozens of amazing female characters that aren't Aunt May. Just give any one of them a movie. So just a complete, just, I don't know. They're just fucking dumb. There's really no... It's insane. There's no other way around it. It is insane. Tom, I am going to, I just want to let you know, and I am going to be keeping this in. So I've, uh, listeners, I've, I've had a fever all day. And uh, the fever is is now breaking, and I'm sweating profusely. Oh my and god! And I am going to start getting naked during this podcast uh, because I'm extremely. Do you, you want to like maybe take off? Do you want to take off like articles of clothing together? Like you take one off, I take <laughs> one off. Yes, exactly. Okay, what's what are we doing first? Uh, we're going sweatpants first. Sweat? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're going sweatpants first. Oh, okay. we should also say for if anybody's listening somewhere uh, around the world, uh, Michigan is not known for warm weather. And also it's May, which is our it's supposed to be our spring season, uh, but it's not. It's already summer. At least it feels it's like that fucking way. like July over here. It's in the 80s. It is literally and, hot like, as fuck. It's not dry heat. No, it is yeah. Wet, humid, hot that sticks to you and you want to die. Yeah. And well, and Eric is still he's like breaking a fever on top of all the heat. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. You know. Don't worry, I'll be I'm sure I'll be back to absolutely fucking freezing in like ten minutes. <laughs> so All right. I just took my shirt off. So All right, I love it. We're going opposites. So when you take your shirt off, that's when my pants come all off right. and we're good to go. So. Great. It's going to be the Naked Podcast. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's keep going because I still have like eight things to talk All about. Right. Um, Kevin Bacon uh, was talking in an interview with Esquire, and he was asked if he'd consider a cameo in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And he said, quote, listen, I love the idea. I would love to be part of it, which, of course, is the most obvious answer um, but then he went on to follow. He said, when I saw Guardians of the Galaxy, I went to see it having no idea that, that I was disgusted. 
It was an <laughs> afternoon in New York. I was on 67th Street and went by myself, as I often do. And I was like, holy shit, they're talking about me. Are you guys getting this? Um, <laughs> and so I thought that was super cool. I always find it really weird, um, as if celebrities don't al- already have like bizarre lives. Um, I think the one thing that made me realize this is there's a rap song called Halle Berry. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and by Hurricane Chris. And I just like, could you imagine just like one day, like some like hip hop artist you've never heard of has a whole song that's just about you? It's got to be fucking wild. <laughs> yeah. And so for Kevin Bacon just to go see this really popular movie everyone's talking about, and then like they're just like referencing him as a person, it's got to be a really strange experience. Does Kevin Bacon not cameo in the MCU already? I could have sworn he made a cameo he was appearance. An, he was in X-Men First Class. That's right. But that's that's the only thing that I could think of Marvel related. Huh. Well, I hope uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be shocked if he is in the uh in the third movie. And I'm a big I feel like uh I mean, Kevin Bacon David great. Hasselhoff was in the last one, yes, right? Yes, so. he was. So yeah, why not? I yeah. mean, no, I'm, Kevin Kevin Bacon's a good actor. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I guess I never really thought about it too much until just this moment, but I think I'm a pretty big Kevin Bacon fan. Like I I like almost everything I've seen of his, of his. I'll say um Amelia and I watched X-Men First Class maybe a month or two ago. Yes. That movie's amazing. Yeah, it is it is easily my favorite uh X-Men movie. It's yeah. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um and the one two punch of that and uh Days of Future Past just just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. So Alrighty. Um next up, let's let's jump back to uh kind of upcoming shows within the MCU. So uh, Marvel's What If animated show supposed to come out later uh in summer twenty twenty one. Um they released a bunch of clips from it. And uh the first one uh, or not clips, sorry, just just photos. The first one is Peggy Carter as kind of a Captain Britain if she became the super soldier rather than Cap. We kind of have seen some photos there. Um, the other two I thought were interesting. There, it's kind of uh, Nick Fury and Hawkeye standing in the spot where Thor's hammer dropped. Um, and obviously he's not um, in that movie, in that scene. So there's some speculation of like, what if Loki was able to pick up the hammer? Like, what's going on there? Um, and the Wait, third you're one saying I thought was really fun. Nick Fury wasn't in that movie? He was not in Thor, no. Oh, okay. That was all like oh, that, that period where it was all Agent yep, Coulson, yep, basically. Yep, yep, yep. Shout so out, it was interesting R.I.P. Coulson. To see them there. Yeah, seriously. Um, and so the last one I thought was uh, kind of funny because it's a very British-looking drawing of Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange, um, and his face just looks really silly. Um, I'll post it on our Twitter at Infinity Rewatch, but it's just it's just a really I don't know for some reason. He just looks extra British, and he's already, like, the most British person I could ever imagine. And so uh, check that out on our Twitter when you get a chance. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to Benedict check that out on our Twitter when I get a chance. I've not seen it. Heck, yeah. I will say um, I was reading uh, on Disney, Disney's Investors Day. Um, they said, The Marvel What If flips the script on the MCU, reimagining famous events from the films in unexpected ways. Coming in, coming to Disney Plus in summer 2021, Marvel Studios' first animated series focuses on different heroes from the MCU, um, and they said that um, possibly, 
Doctor Strange would be playing a more significant role. Um, and I'm now wondering if, like, instead of all kind of being standalone episodes, if, like, they kind of turn this into a multiverse kind of thing. I don't remember why, but I must have seen something. I thought that was, like, fact. I, I could have sworn. Oh, I, I did not know that, I guess. I, I Well, I also could be wrong. But, but yeah, and my I th- I would not be shocked, and I'm sure I saw something that uh came to that same conclusion at least. Well, I love it. Yes, if he's playing a pivotal role, and it's gonna kind of be like looking into like different things that would have happened. That sounds super cool. Yeah, hell yeah, and it just you know it's an easy thing to do to make it more fun. So, um, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to talking about it on the podcast when that comes up this summer. I think it'll be. Uh, a little bit different than what we're used to. And so I think that's a good thing. And I think with us watching Invincible, I'm like, I'm like, animation's pretty fucking cool when like they take it seriously and it's, you know, not just tailored to kids. Um, it really reminded me of watching like Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Which is the the best Avengers yes, animated show you could ever watch. Yes, it is. Which they canceled for some dumbed down piece of shit version of Avengers. Yeah, but. and it had an amazing theme song too. Sure did. God, what a great oh gosh, show. No, I'm singing it in my yeah, head Yeah, I know, now. same. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Alrighty. Um, I had to slip these next two. These next two stories are kind of for me. Um, Amazon is in talks to buy MGM, which would give the <laughs> yeah. streamer access to the entire James Bond franchise. Um, this has been talked about, but here's the thing. And I, I think Amazon is already getting some cold feet because what they don't know is that James Bond movies and basically everything James Bond outside of the books is owned by Eon Productions. And so while MGM owns like the rights to all of that, all of the creative control over it is through Eon Productions. And so um, Barbara Broccoli and Michael G. Wilson, who are the sons of <laughs> Albert Broccoli. That's not a real name. That's their name, Come yeah. The, the guy that was the producer on James Bond movies, his name was Albert R. Broccoli, and he ended up, after like half the movies, got all of the sole production rights to James Bond. And so now his daughter and his like son-in-law or half-son or whatever, um, they're the main two producers, and they have like final say on everything, like literally everything. So even if Amazon were to buy MGM, they wouldn't be able to like, just like start pumping everything out and, you know, making Amazon, you know, prime series, however they'd want to, cause they'd have to go through Eon productions too. So, Oh man, that's, I'm just stoked to know there's a human being alive named Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> Barbara Broccoli. That sounds like a character from the board game clue. For sure. She does, though, doesn't she? As, yeah. She, she, let's see. How old is she now? She's 60. She is a... Uh, the name's Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. Barbara Broccoli. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I mean, I'll take anything that lets us have a James Bond movie more than once every, like, 20 years, which it seems like what, what they're doing right now. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. If James Bond comes out this year at all, we'll find yeah. out. <laughs> Um, the next one is about another thing I'm very much in love with, which is Dune, the book Dune. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, let's see. Um, it looks like now Dave Bautista, 
uh, first of all, who's who's playing a character in the movie, also known as Drax the Destroyer, mm. um, he's calling it a game-changing film. Eric, I got that quote for you because I knew you'd uh, appreciate what he had to say. He says, it's going to be world-changing. Oh, my God. It's going to be a juggernaut of a film. The people who are Dune fans, they are so passionate about it. Um, And Denis Villeneuve, who directed the movie, did them justice. And that really comes from him being a lifelong fan. Um, But really what I meant to say is in in this is that it looks like it's going to release at Venice Film Festival this year um, earlier than we expected it to. So... um, if it wasn't for COVID, this would have been out like last November, I think. But highly anticipated movie, um, very hard movie to film, but uh, my favorite book. So looking forward to it. I am very excited for this movie because it just, it seems like right in. It seems very much my shit. However, I read I was reading these comments about it. And I read some very, very, very convincing arguments that this movie is 100% for sure going to flop. And uh, that makes me sad because uh, I think that's what, probably what was, right. Because it's... Do you have some like high-level like reasons? Because it's I'm a niche sci-fi film that nobody gives a shit about or has ever heard of. And it's like not it's it, so people compared it a lot to Blade Runner 2049, which I would argue Blade Runner has even more of a mainstream footprint than Dune does. Yeah, well, and here's the problem is, OK, so this is like literally my favorite book, but like Star Wars took heavy, heavy, heavy influence from Dune. Like we've we've seen the story of Dune oh, in, right. in other big, big films already. And so I think to a lot of people, it'll almost feel like it's retreading what's already been told, even though it was the original, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, like, I'm worried about that. I'm worried that people are going to think it's more of, like, a kind of, like, the white savior complex story kind of thing going oh, on. Yeah. Uh, with, like, just kind of how socially people react to things now. Um, there's there's a lot going on in it, and it's just, like, it's a lot in a book. It, there's a lot in it. And this is only, this movie is only the first half of the book. Um, and so they're, they're oh, wow. like, well, if, if this goes well, we'll do the second half. And I'm like, well, it better fucking go well because like, I want to see the whole <laughs> right. story. Um, but I guess the only thing that has me feeling good about this is that Denis Villeneuve is directing it. And he is my favorite film director. Um, and he has not had a bad movie, like literally. Um, and so... I really hope that this isn't the first one because I'm really hype on oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, I let me clarify. I think the movie will be good. I just don't think people are gonna see it. Especially because oh, yeah. of like COVID yeah. and shit. I just can't imagine this. My only makes hope money. is that they kind of blame a lack of performance on COVID. Yeah. And then they they greenlight yeah, the next yeah, one. Yeah. Because like did you like Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Did you see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I did. I think it's like a great yeah. movie, but yeah, like that underperformed too because it is very niche. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's just a lot of people hadn't seen Blade Runner too. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I was and one so of those like, people actually, know. but I actually I watched twenty forty nine and I really liked it. I just like the whole. That's just again, that's just my kind of shit. I just like that vibe, and I actually went back and watched the original Blade Runner too, uh, and I enjoyed that too. Well, yeah, it doesn't help with Blade Runner 2. There's, like, seven different cuts of it. And like, yeah, I did lots of research like, of, like, which one of these 
fucking things do I watch? And I, I don't remember now. It was either like the final cut or the director's cut or something. It was whichever one the internet I think it's the told final. me to watch. Yeah. But I, I made yeah, sure because I, I knew about that. It. So I was like, okay, I'm only going to watch the one that is definitively supposed to be watched. If you want to watch like a really cheesy sci-fi movie, there's a 1984 version of the movie Dune um, that was made by David Lynch. And he actually like he hates the movie because there's all this studio interference. But like if you haven't read the book, it makes no sense. And it's just like <laughs> extremely cheesy and like super 80s sci-fi. Um, but it's it's very out there. Um, and so it'll be really interesting. Sting is in it, which, you know, should tell you everything. Um, so um, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Dune. I'm sure it'll probably flop, but who knows? All right, let's wrap up news. We've got a few more things here. <laughs> I saw this article and I was like, well, yeah. Um, the, the article says, Rumor Mill, Marvel Studios developing Midnight Suns movie with Blade, Ghost Rider, Mood Knight, and more. And I'm like, this, this rumor is probably just based on the fact that all those characters will at some point probably appear on screen together, which makes complete sense to right. me. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's, that's kind of like, Rumor Mill, MCU characters will interact. Yeah, that's, uh, what site is that from? This one was from Comic Book Movie. Oh, okay. Who was that? Oh, man. What's that? Josh Wilding? Yes, yeah, it was Josh Wilding. And and I think it was posted on the hashtag (laughs) show. Um, Yeah, the hashtag show was their source there. Oh, man. To me, it just seems like a a shitty source citing a shittier source. Um, Yeah. And, you know, it's... Josh Wilding's the clickbait king, baby. That is uh sure is. <laughs> that guy that guy is something else. Shout out. <laughs> Click clickbait king. Um all right, let's move on from that trash and, and go to uh Secret Invasion Disney Plus finds its yeah, directors yeah. in two people that you've never really heard of before. Okay. Um you know, there's been some articles around here. It's basically I guess some people in Hollywood were upset that Marvel Studios isn't using showrunners for its Disney Plus shows. So a lot of TV shows, they have like a single showrunner that kind of acts as like the director of everything and has like final cut. Um, but Marvel Studios is treating its Disney Plus series kind of like the movies. Um and 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 Kevin Feige is basically the showrunner. Um and so I guess like a lot of people were hesitant to work on the shows, but it's like I'm pretty sure it's fine actually. Yeah. Um, How much more some... does Kevin Feige have to prove himself at this point? <laughs> I know, <laughs> like it's he's crazy. The, he's I... literally the goat. He's the greatest movie producer who's ever lived. I can't imagine anybody would argue that. Like, yeah, no, like hands down, <laughs> hands down. It's crazy. Um, and and there was this article uh, that was saying you know from Variety that. Uh, Marvel's handling it shows differently, and for some some writers, like they're not on board with how they're doing it. And this is their quote: "It was an anonymous writer, and at one point they called them an Emmy winner." And I'm like, "Well, that could be anything." But they said this: "They said, and I don't agree with it, but this is what they said: At some point, it'll bite them in the ass when it comes to recruiting top shelf writer talent. If you're a mid level writer getting a giant bump to run in quotes a Marvel show, of course you're going to do it. But but if you're an experienced showrunner with multiple shows under your belt, are you going to work under those conditions? Probably not. Yeah, why would you want to work with a guaranteed smash hit show that'll be super successful, zero question guaranteed? Why would you ever want to do that? Why would you ever want to add that to your resume? 
Yeah, they, it says one Emmy winner even says, I will never work on a Marvel TV show. They do have a showrunner. It's Feige, which is fine. I just wouldn't want to work that way, that's all. The alarm, bo- the alarm bells go off in my head are just concerns that the habits and hierarchies of the film world will bleed into the television world where writers reign supreme. <laughs> and it's like, get over yeah, yourself. That... Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that me? makes me so mad. Shut the fuck up, whoever that was. <laughs> it's... This is silly. It's like oh, you probably worked man. on, uh, you know, like some shitty ass show or something. Um, oh. But I guess back to the original article, they they have they found some directors for the Secret Invasion show. Um, you know, known for a couple things, not not super big. Um, their names are Thomas Bazooka and uh, Wait, ba- Bazooka. Thomas Bazooka. 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 Thomas Bazooka. This episode. A bunch of like. Uh, <laughs> Like wrestler names or something. Holy shit. The other guy's name is Ali Salim. Okay. Um, and so they will uh they will be adapting that Marvel Comics event. Obviously, uh, we have Olivia Coleman will be in that as long as well as Amelia Clark. Um lots of plot details still unknown, so we'll see. I kind of forgot Olivia Coleman was gonna be in that show. That is awesome. I'm a big fan of hers. I kind of forgot too. I think actually is, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't nice. know. Probably gonna play a scroll, so you know. Probably. <laughs> uh, so this next one, this next little piece. Um, I guess I, I got two more to go. Um, Martin Freeman, who was in the first Black Panther movie, um, had some comments about his character Everett Ross and how he would be appearing in the sequel, and. I thought it was interesting. Um, Here's one quote from him. Um, He said, I had a Zoom call with Ryan Coogler, the director and co-writer, about seven or eight weeks ago, I suppose. He sort of meticulously took me through all of my character's beats in the film. He took me through the film, but incorporating my character's beats. And some of it was really very odd. And I think Coogler could see from the reaction on my face to some of the things he was saying, my face must have been going kind of like a shocked face like that because he kept sort of stopping and he kept going, just stay with me, but this is going to work. Um, and he continued, he said, people are in for, I think, a real treat. I mean, we've not done it yet. Who knows? We might make it awful, but I'm hoping we won't. I'm hoping people are going to be in for a treat. And I thought that that was, it made me think about it and I have no idea what he's alluding to and I, I just find the comments interesting that he was kind of really he found the whole conversation strange or odd or however he words it there. Um I just I'm really curious how they're gonna handle this movie. It it's a big question mark in my brain. Well, it seems pretty obvious to me. Martin Freeman's the new Black Panther confirms. <laughs> there we go. That'd be a it. fucking swing. <laughs> Oh, it's just, uh, I just, even from a logistical point, I just, I wonder what, I, I have a lot of faith in Ryan Coogler. I think he's a really competent filmmaker. Um, I just, I, I already was like, I wonder what they're going to do with this film. And then I read this and I was like, what would make Martin Freeman think, wow, this is really weird. And so I've been thinking about it a lot and I have no idea, but I just, it's making me think. I feel like the real answer is there's probably just going to be multiple Black Panthers, and that is going to make me sad, but I feel like that is what's going to happen. 
I, they really should have just recast. I don't know. See, I don't think that's they should have. That's my yeah, view. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fair. But I'm, I think it'll be fine. I just wish, just fucking make Shuri Black Panther. It's so easy. Right, that, that would also <laughs> be fine, so too. It's so easy. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's do this game. Let's call it now. Yes. Not on who's playing Black Panther. How much is this going to make at the box office? Oh, wow. Because we know what happens when people die in movies and they make the next one. They make lots of yeah. money. Um, I mean, look at Fast and the Furious. The first Black Panther movie made $1.34 billion. Oh, wow. Is this hitting two? Nah, I don't think it hits two. But, but I wouldn't. Hmm. When is this supposed to come out? Let's see. Black Panther. I think it's next year. Black Panther. Wakanda Forever 2022. The date is July 8th, 2022. My birthday weekend. Man, I, I, I don't know. I have such a hard time seeing any movie making over a billion for at least the next like 18 to 24 months. Uh, damn. I, I don't know. You know what? I bet it makes the same. That's that's my guess. I I actually don't think it makes more or necessarily less. I think it makes almost exactly the same. That's my guess. I think. Well, if I could do prices right rules, I'd do one dollar above you. But um, <laughs> I think I, I I'm going to say like one one point. One point six. Wow. Okay. I think it'll. I think it'll do better. But it. You know. You're. You're also making a great point in that. Like, it's absolutely impossible to uh, project box yeah. office uh, earnings anymore. Yeah. For sure. It's just completely impossible. So, and we also haven't really seen the return to, you know, the box office. Anyways. Right. So, um. That's the it, thing. It hasn't really happened. I, I yet. really do wonder if. If movie theaters are already dead and people are just kidding themselves. Um, I think the I think, you know, when this whole shit first went down, you know, all the executive, you know, they made their little deals with HBO Max. And it's like, OK, yeah, everybody's staying home. So we're going to do the at home thing. It's just going to be temporary, though. And then there's all this fucking hubbub about all the, in my opinion, extremely annoying uh, like directors and creatives of like, oh, uh, this is cinema, sir, and you will not watch it in your <laughs> living room. And uh, that drives me fucking crazy. Uh, but I yep. do wonder if now it seems like one of those things that's going to be hard to give to people and then take away again. Um, and I do yeah. wonder if studios start realizing quickly. Because like stuff is open like theater like stuff is really starting to open around at least around america and yeah yeah for sure <laughs> movies aren't doing shit like at all um but i do wonder how those hbo max subscriptions are doing i bet they're doing pretty good yeah I bet they're doing pretty good I bet too. Doing we'll pretty see. Pretty fucking good. I'll, I'll go see. Uh, I'll go see Black Widow. That's what I'm gonna go see. So yeah, uh, I wonder if I can buy tickets for that yet. I should probably do. That. I think that will be <clears throat> one of the first true tests. Yeah, because I mean, like, well, and here's like the double edged sword: is that like 
And movies need to actually come out that people yeah, want to no, see. You're right. Everyone's you're right. holding on to yeah, them. You're you know? right, for sure. And so it's just like, well, you know. And, well, and then the next problem these... is going to be if it does, if it does turn out that everybody's stoked to get back to the movies, you can't release twenty banger movies in like two weeks. Some of them are going to flop for no reason other than the fact that people don't want to see that that many movies. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even think so of yeah, that. Everyone has like these movies just sitting, but yeah, it's gonna be wild. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it's like it's Hollywood is like we need theaters, but they're like, well, theaters aren't gonna be around if you're not releasing any movies. Right. Like, this is a symbiotic relationship here, yeah. fellas. So, all right, last little bit here. Um, I thought this was really interesting because I feel like Dave Bautista, who plays Drax the Destroyer. Um, He's a very vocal guy, and I feel like he kind of just says whatever he yeah. wants, um, which I actually kind of appreciate. But I thought it was funny because supposedly he was the one person, um, the one actor that really drew a line in the sand um, and uh, stood up for James Gunn when he was fired by Disney. And he was basically like, well, I'm not going to do the movie. That's it's true. Not, you know, yeah, I, you know, I forgot about that. And so when I read this article, I thought it was really interesting. Um, he was talking about Marvel, and he said, I really wish they would have invested more in Drax personally, because I think Drax has more of a story to tell. I think Drax has a really interesting backstory, which they dropped the ball on. That's no dig on Marvel, which, yeah, it is. They had their slate. I know what they're focused on. That's what they have slated out. But, man, I think they really missed the ball on Drax. And the entire thing, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, that, that was James Gunn, dude. Like, he wrote those movies. And so, you know, I don't know. He's like, it's not a dig on Marvel, but like, he's like, they didn't really, they dropped the ball on him. Right. And so, I don't know. Like, he always talks about how James Gunn's amazing, but like, James Gunn was responsible for his entire character story arc. And a lot of people did not like how he was handled in the second movie. And so, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I feel, Weird. I mean, he's not wrong, though. Like, he is, he is correct. No, he's not. And I would say even more so, I guess maybe they did. Uh, like I wish we would get more context as to why Gamora is the uh, whatever her tagline is like the most deadly, the most the most dangerous woman. In yeah, the galaxy it's like, like but why though? <laughs> like because she's good with a sword. <laughs> like that's all. You know we've what is seen. interesting? Like Drax's or sorry, Dave Bautista's full quote here. Let me read this too because I think it kind of goes into what you're saying. He says. He has such a great backstory, selfishly as a performer that would have given me an opportunity to show different sides of Drax emotionally and physically as well. Because if you notice Drax, although he looks like a badass, you look at him and he looks terrifying, but Drax gets his ass kicked more than any other Marvel character. The whole, quote, destroyer thing they just threw out the window. People just fell so in love with the comedic side of yeah. Drax that they tapped into that. Then they tapped into it more. Then they really dug a hole, uh, a hole into it. But we missed a huge boat on that character, and I don't think I'll ever come back around. And so he's been kind of saying that, like he said, I'm really just looking forward to finishing out this whole journey. He seems like he's like, done. yeah. So I, I got nothing against Dave Batista, really, but I do wonder if a part of the decision to not explore that character of Drax is because maybe I'm just saying maybe. Dave Batista does not have the acting chops to be able to portray that side of Drax. Um, Because he is... He's a pretty good actor, Is he, though? 
Is he though? I feel like he's a pretty good actor. Is he like though? He, in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I thought he was great. Was he though? Was he though? He's gonna come. He's gonna come was beat he your though? ass. Like, he seems like a. He seems like a decent dude, but it's like, I don't know. Drax is extremely one note. To be honest, I don't remember him in twenty forty nine, but uh, I don't know. I feel like. Uh, I've never been. I feel like in terms of actors that came from wrestling, he's the best. You uh, but also allow me is, to you introduce know. you to a little somebody called The Rock. Yeah, I don't like. That, so. <laughs> oh my god, it's only the biggest actor of our generation. <laughs> oh god, that's disgusting. That's disgusting. Oh. That's, I mean, he he makes a lot of money, no yeah. doubt, but I don't think he's that great of an actor. He's just. He's but he's just better likable. than Dave Bautista. Oh no! Not from an acting perspective. I don't. What? Think. No way! No way, Jose, that my is friend. Absolutely insane. I think that Dwayne the Rock Johnson's a star that people like. I think Dave Bautista is more of an actor. Wow, as we say. Interesting. I yeah. I guess maybe I just haven't given him enough of a chance. But I feel like, like if you if Dave Bautista's in a movie, I generally am like I guarantee you I know exactly how he's going to be in that movie. Yeah, I mean his body doesn't help yeah. him in that aspect. He's just a gigantic fucking yeah. person. Yeah. You know, and so you kind of get the stuck in the roles. But I think him at the beginning of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, amazing. So yeah, I don't, I don't remember to be honest. <laughs> All I remember is he had these small ass. Little I do glasses, remember those but, little glasses. Uh, <laughs> so weird, so weird. It's like it's twenty forty nine, guys. Come on, get some LASIK up in this bitch. Um, all right, that's everything I had for news. Eric, do you have anything else that I missed? Uh, no, the I still haven't watched the Bad Batch, and then I tried to watch one episode of Modoc, and I hated it, and I turned so I turned it off. <laughs> I'm proud of you for even starting. Yeah, it. it's um, ugh, like yeah, I I really disliked it. I didn't realize it was like clay. It's like claymation. It's yeah, it's it's uh like stop motion claymation. Yeah, thing. yeah, I just. Not not for me. I'm sure it's fine, but not for me. If it's not for us, then, you Yeah, know, who the fuck is it for? Who, right. Who is it really right, for? You right. Know? And I would it's, love it's to... Really, not, if you are watching and enjoying... If we should watch MODOK, tweet us. For sure. Yeah. Tweet us at Infinity Rewatch, yeah. and, and while you're doing it, check out that really weird picture of uh, super British animated Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. <laughs> All righty. Let's jump into it. We are here this week to talk about the Invincible TV series, Mm -hmm. uh, season one. It is an adult animated superhero streaming television series. And let me first off. Yeah, why don't you tell the audience your great shame? Yes, I have not (laughs) finished it yet. How many episodes did you get into this eight episode series? (laughs) I have three episodes. (laughs) You motherfucker. And I'll I'll own it completely. But I will say, I will say um, that I have read all 144 issues of the comic. So that that props me up a tiny bit. But really it really doesn't because I have been also reading the comic, and uh, they're drastically different in terms of at least in terms of timelines. Uh, 
Well, we 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 can get into it, but yeah, and I mean, feel free to spoil me in whatever way possible. I'm, I'm I yeah. The it. main beats um, are still pretty much the same from what I from what I can tell, uh, but they just happen yeah. in like a different order, which I think is a superior order in the television show. Actually, well, there we yeah. go. Um, it's worth noting this. So this is season one. There's eight episodes. It's already been renewed for a second and third season. Good. Um, and so. Um, very confident there. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, uh, let me start off by saying that when something says it's a mature rating for adults, you can't just ignore that and show that to your kids and then complain that it's a mature rating show for adults. Yeah, I mean, you can, the but you'd be an people, idiot. Oh, my gosh. These idiots are like, oh, oh, no, everything says it's not for kids. So I just put it, and then it's like, why is my kid crying? Because someone was coughing through their back because their head was torn asunder. You know, it's like, just you're an idiot, okay? Um, so this show's like very graphic. Um, I guess before we kind of jump into it, Eric, um, I'm interested to hear what some of your notes are, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I just was like, hey, I was, I, I was like to my partner, Amelia, I was like, let's watch this show. I got to watch this show. Otherwise, Eric's going to yell at me. Um, and she had no idea what it was about. I didn't give her anything. Like, I was just like, it's just like a superhero coming of age show. Um, but I think I said it was like adult, you know? Um, and so there is a fake the first, out for sure. In the first episode, I would, I would say, yeah, like the first episode just kind of plays out. Like it's mostly just like, uh, kind of like a, a reimagining of, like, Spider-Man in a completely different universe. Yeah. I just say that as, like, the tone of the character, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, like, a lot of reimagining of different superheroes and stuff like that. Everything's normal. And so, like, we're almost done with the episode, and the Invincible little title comes up at the end. Oh, full spoilers. Then, we should just say full spoilers for oh, yeah, yeah. the show and the, and the comic, whatever. Yeah. And so <laughs> we're watching it at the end, and then the the title comes up and uh what is it the guardians of the globe scene happens at the end where <laughs> <Yeah>. basically um <laughs> they all they all just get killed in the most gruesome way by omni man yeah and it even shocked me a little bit <laughs> like i knew it was coming i was like there's no way we're going through this whole episode and nolan doesn't kill the guardians of the globe and you know, you read this comic. I've read this comic. I really enjoyed it. It's one of my favorite comic books. And, like, you see, like, blood drawn on a page, and you're just kind of like, yeah, like, that's more than you'd see in anything else, kind of. That's, like, what my brain does. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, a little bit more gruesome. This show is fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the first time it turns is, like you said, when Omni-Man... Uh, at the end of the first episode, up to that point, there's nothing that would indicate it was anything different from just like a normal, like animated superhero show. And then they might like swear a couple of times. Maybe, maybe. If that. Uh, but then the first big thing that happens was Omni-Man grabs basically the fake Flash's head in his hands and everything's slow motion because this is the Flash, essentially. And so uh, Omni-Man grabs his head and just starts squeezing. And you see in slow motion the Flash 
punching Omni-Man's chest. And obviously, Omni-Man's Superman, essentially. And the slow motion, you see him punching his chest and his his hands just kind of like, his he loses his fists and he's just kind of like, clearly his hands are broken and he's just super speed punching this chest in slow motion and his hands are broken and then Omni-Man's squeezing his head and his he just crushes his head. And it just explodes into like eyeballs and blood and brains. Dude, it it is so disgusting. It is fucking wild. It is an insane turn. Um which I which I really enjoyed. I guess I didn't like ever think that um I didn't think that a, a cartoon would make me be like, oh, like I like I, I watch gruesome things. Like I've seen every gruesome thing. You know, well, not every gruesome thing. I've watched very <laughs> name gruesome all things the in my gruesome life. things. All right, it all started off when my brother and his friend made me watch <laughs> oh, Jesus. two girls oh, one cup Jesus before I'd Christ. seen any porns. Oh. Um, and it's been downhill ever Please? since. Please, um, was I the, the friend? <laughs> okay, no, good. Because no. I, I have no memory. Of Thank that. God. It was, it was another person with the same name, uh, that bastard. <laughs> um, it's not been the same ever since. Oh, um, no, I'm just like, I've like, for some reason I just, I, I can't look away from like very gruesome things, even if it's like a movie or even real life. And so, um, I'm always like, I cringe at it and I'm like, Ooh, that's gross. But I kind of keep watching. I didn't think a cartoon would do that to yeah, me. Oh yeah. Um, and so it kind of shocked me a little bit. And, like, the animation is not perfect. It's a little clunky at times. I don't know if you uh, felt the same way. What did you think of the animation style here? I am... Correct me if this is a a wrong assumption, but I would guess I watch a lot more animation than you do in general. So maybe I'm just more used to this style. But this just seems like kind of the new style. Like, it's almost... Is it? Yeah, it's it's almost like Archer a little bit. It, where it's but more fluid than Archer, obviously. Archer's kind of a very unique style. But yeah, I think it has something mm-hmm. to do with um because it's all like it all seems like hand drawn, but like nowadays none of it's really hand drawn from what I understand. I mean it's hand drawn, but it's hand drawn on a computer screen. Basically, or like on a touch screen. Right. And and so uh and I think that's what causes that um that look. Um but I thought I, yeah, I I didn't notice it. It seemed it seemed very um, like comic booky, I guess, which I which I thought was appropriate. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it looks pretty good. I guess I'm just not used to watching animation too yeah. much. I and I always the one thing I do not like about new age animation is like when you can clearly tell it goes from like more of like a digital animated thing to like just full on like CGI, I guess. Yeah, I guess, sense. I guess, yeah, that's extremely common. So I guess it's just, I don't even notice it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, why, why, why is it doing that? <laughs> and then I'm just, you know, I don't no, know. No, I get it. I get but, it. Though. Uh, I get it though. You got to go back and watch some Akira, <laughs> watch some real animation. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Um, but yeah, it's just very comic booky and, and, you know, at least like the episodes I've watched so far, I've I've very much enjoyed. They they definitely like throw you right in. Yeah, much um, faster than and... the comic book. Yes. Oh yeah. For Which sure. I they think kind is of build it up. Go ahead. Sorry. 
No, I was just gonna say like they just kind of uh, they they build it up a little bit more, and then and then you're kind of in it in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it's like they're like throwing characters at you left and right, and you know the Mauler twins and all these fucking yes. people. And uh, best fucking, it's, it's, I love the Mauler twins. <laughs> I absolutely, arguing love. who the clone is. <laughs> oh man, it's great. Yes, it's great. Um, but yeah, it's just uh, so far it's been really good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm not, so what I did. So here's why I'm super annoyed. You only got three episodes in because I watched this whole series again, oh my and I God. took notes on every episode. <laughs> I did kind of like I went through. I I like scrub through the episodes, so I kind of have like a general idea. Okay. Of how they were doing it, um, so we can kind of go through them if you want. Okay, I only I only took like I just like the main things in each episode, um, that I thought. I feel were really worth. guilty right you now. You should. I say. You should. I feel extremely. <laughs> I'm guilty. not gonna. I'm not gonna give you a pass on it. <laughs> Wallow it's, in it's your It's like guilt. when you didn't watch when you didn't watch that James Bond movie. I'm getting you back for like four <laughs> true, years. Ago. True, true. Except for I. I made it through that whole show and didn't even tell you till the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. If, okay. For for y'all that don't know, <laughs> listening, uh, we had a podcast years and years ago. It was a different podcast, um, and we did an entire review on the James Bond movie that came out at the time. And Eric went through like a two hour podcast, and we were talking about it. We we're talking about all these little things. I was asking him questions, and, and then at the very very end, he's like. Hey Tom, I didn't even watch the movie. And I'm pretty sure I just quit quit life at that point. Oh man. I mean I read several Unreal. reviews. I guess Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I think I feel like I nailed it. You did. I can't even I can't even be mad. Even though I'm still mad, but Oh, All right, man. let's jump into episode. Uh, so this, they released the first three episodes uh, on the first day, I believe. Oh, okay. I I don't even remember that. That makes sense, I guess. So you want to? You... We can we can jump in. Yeah. So I guess I thought. Uh, so I went into this. I mean, this should let people know how much I enjoyed this series. Where I went into this, I've never read an Invincible comic. Heard nothing but good things for the most part. Um, but so yeah, like I just said, I watched all of this, uh, week to week as it was coming out. Then I rewatched it all. And then the past like week or so, just because I'm such a big fan of it, I've been just reading the absolute shit. I would say I'm, I'm probably, I gotta be more than halfway done with the, with the comic series at this point. Damn. What do you, did you buy the books? What did you do? Uh, never mind. Never mind. uh, you're reading them on the internet <laughs> take t- oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah so uh so you quote unquote got a digital copy yeah 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 digital copy digital copy um nice but uh yeah i've been absolutely loving it i've been loving to see the ch- the changes and it is crazy how much and i think it's to its benefit how much the series packed in um just to get things going quickly. But in fact, I think the first episode until Omni-Man murders the Guardians of the Globe is actually my least favorite episode of the series. 
Yeah. It's pretty slow until that happens. But I wonder, I do think that's kind of by design. Just just to get unsuspecting people to be like, what the fuck is happening here at that last yeah, scene? Yeah, because like th- that's even like the thing with uh, – so I read this comic years ago, um, and I regret not buying the first issue of it. Oh, um, yeah. Because it was it – was, I thought it was expensive, but it was so cheap compared to what yeah, it is sure. now. Um, and I like flipping comic books. Um, I will say I just sold my copy of, um, of Miss Marvel number one. Uh, for a handsome price, um, which is wild because I bought that book just to read it. Um, wow. So that was crazy. But So I read this book years ago, and uh, I don't mean to say that in like a really douchey sense. I'm just like trying to put a time frame on it because I remember I had the first couple books because um, I was buying trade paperbacks like crazy back then, and I put it off for a while. I put it off for like several months because I was like, I don't know if I want to like read another universe like of of different superheroes. I'm a big Marvel guy. I've read some DC stuff, and I was like, "What makes this special?" Um, but once you add in that hook there of Nolan or or Omni Man kind of just like going berserk and like being like this bad guy, it's so yeah. fucking interesting. It's almost like. So I think the reason why one of the many reasons why it works so well, and we should say who Mark Wade writes this. No, or Robert I, Kirkman. Robert Kirkman. I the I just read. I just started the volume where Mark Wade wrote the uh, like the intro thing, um, which is why Uh-oh. I was thinking that. I think I lost Uh-oh. you for a second there, my friend. Can you hear me um, now? Yep, yep, you're good now. Yeah, Robert Kirkman okay. wrote. He's also known for uh, most notably The Walking Dead. Yes, yes. And I believe um, your favorite Ant-Man comic, Irredeemable Ant-Man. Yes! Yeah, that is my favorite Ant-Man comic. Um, shout out Eric O'Grady. But uh, what I was going to say, I think one of the things that makes this work so well is like all of the, like it's a new universe, but not really because he does such a good job of like playing on like all the guardians of of the globe like it's just the justice league yeah, like 100%. this is this story would be like what if superman was evil but also his son was spider-man and yeah. like <laughs> it's that's a like, really that's good like, way to to put it though yeah it's like but but it's it's instantly i mean if you even have a passing interest in comics you'll be able to pick up on like the archetypes which I think is so helpful because it, it doesn't take forever. Like you get it. It's like, okay, Omni man's Superman. Like he's the guy, like he's, he's the, the, the strongest, the strongest dude. And so it's like, what happens if in the superhero society, if by far the strongest one just goes ape shit, what happens? Who, who protects the world? Right. Um, and it's like, I just think that's, just super, super uh, interesting. Also, um, partic- I mean, everybody, the voice acting in this show, I think is top notch. I think it's super good across the board, but specifically uh, J.K. Simmons as Love me some J.K. Nolan, Simmons. Nolan Grayson is like, oh, God, so goddamn good, um, particularly in the later episodes when he really starts like unraveling. Um, us oh, is so fucking good. Um, but I, I, 
I'm just looking at like my episode one notes. So like I said, the episode one was kind of, to me, it was pretty boring. Like maybe, you know, it kind of has to be like, it sets up a lot of the characters. Like it sets up Mark, it sets up his best friend, William, it sets up Adam Eve. It sets up his uh, girlfriend, Amber. Um, and like the 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 family, and it sets up the super suit creator who's voiced by Mark Hamill, which I also really uh, oh, enjoy. Oh man, I didn't realize that was him. Now, yeah. now that you say it, I'm like the dots connect instantly. I was like, whose voice is that? Yeah, Mark Hamill. Um, and then uh, Invincible himself is voiced by Stephen Yun, and uh, his his mom and Omni Man's wife, uh, Debbie, is voiced by Sandra O. Oh. And they they all do a really a really great job, um, but uh, oh okay episode one how did you feel about you get kind of a taster of the insanity um, before before Nolan goes ape shit when Mark gets his power oh and, and punches him or whatever yeah and so. Yeah, Mark is trying to punch Omni-Man for, you know, quote-unquote training. And then Omni-Man really fucking hits uh, hits Mark, in, like, in his chest and basically knocks the wind out of him. And uh, that's the first, that's the first, like, holy shit moment for me where I was like, whoa, so this guy is, like, clearly not the best guy. <laughs> yeah, no, like, when I felt like they handled the kind of, uh, like, the little hints there and kind of the cracks of him very well. It's very subtle, but yeah. it's just enough to be like, uh, like, that doesn't seem right, you know, kind of. Like, gives you that kind of unsettling feeling. And I thought that they handled that very well in an episode where I think I think they were trying to not really be too forward until, obviously, the big reveal, right? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, how did you feel about the? Excuse me the uh, the longer run times, as opposed to most animated shows. You know, um, I feel like, especially in the first episode, it felt a little bit long. Um, but I feel like it still works. There's a lot to to, to like show and do, and so I feel like they handled it pretty well. Um, I guess maybe I'm also just probably not used to like that, that medium being, uh, you know, going for 45 minutes or whatever. Um, but the episode still went by pretty quick. Um, and I think there's a lot in them. So I, I, sometimes I think like when they make things longer, they're kind of just filling up time. That is not how I feel in this case. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely agreed. Um, I'm not sure they'd be able to like cut the episodes very well into shorter. I agree. I think the only one to, that to me even felt kind of bloated was, was the first episode. And then the rest, like I love, like if there's enough story, for, I would so much rather see eight 45 minute long episodes than 20, 20 minute long episodes. Oh yeah. For um, sure. I felt like they just got the perfect, none of it other again, other than the first episode, None of it felt like fluff. All of it felt very essential to the story. Um, oh, and, it's all, and it's all super, super good. Uh, so for episode two, mm-hmm. coming into it, uh, having read the comic, how did you feel about, so in the comics, as I now know, when Omni-Man kills the Guardians of the Globe, he has 
no trouble. He kills them pretty much instantly and no worries. Like, not a scratch on him. In the show, though, he seems to... He either has trouble or pretends like he has trouble. Yeah. Um, Um, I think I kind of took it as him playing it up. Yeah, I uh, think in you, my head, I, I was agree. like the visual way of showing this. I feel like that's the trouble between like comics and and shows is like you you kind of have to give a little bit more with a TV show, especially when you're showing something like that. And you're like, how would this like really advance like a group of people not have something that would, you know, lead them to believe that it was him. Um and so I to me I felt like it was like a storytelling device that he was, you know, yeah, almost agreed. dead or whatever at that point. Um, but I think that's uh, personally, I, I feel like that just, it works a little bit better even than the comic. I feel like that was perfect. Like, because it's a way in the comic, it's like, so he doesn't kill the guardians of the galaxy for a while in the comic, but then when he <laughs> the does, guardians of the galaxy, Oh t- yeah. <laughs> uh, guardians of the globe for a while in the comic. And then when he does, it's like, he kills them instantly. He's like, I'm a bad guy. And then he and then he bounces and he's mm-hmm. gone. And then and then like the rest of the story continues. But in the show, they added a lot of the stuff that happens post Nolan's exit while Nolan was still around, which mm-hmm. I think was such a good choice because it ratchets up the tension of like this psychopath is just still like flying around like and everybody. Some people kind of know. And so they have to like navigate around the fact that he's an insane, uh, like God essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas in the comics, it was just like, he he killed everybody. No, no worries. Fights Mark. And then he's out. Um, but it's like in this, it's like he kills the guardians of the globe and then has to pretend he didn't for like months. It seems like in the, uh, long time. Yeah. Yeah. What, but I think, I think that, I, f- I, I, I like that a lot. I feel like it really adds a lot of, like I said, tension. And it's like, it, it makes it, inter- it's, a, it's a much better way, I think, a much more organic way to introduce the government characters as well. I love Cecil. Cecil's, Dude, one of my Cecil's the man. Yeah. I fucking love He's Cecil. He's like the old white man, frailed version of Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, I, I get a lot of uh, Men in Black vibes from Cecil. Ooh, that's a good, uh, yeah, kind of like a Tommy Lee Jones esque. <laughs> yeah, character. yeah, and and in the in the show, I think he he says, "Damn, I forget exactly how he introduces himself in the show." But but it's essentially like, yeah, I work I work for the government. Right. The comic book, and again, I'm I, like I read all of this. It's very fresh. Um, uh, like I read all this in the past like week or two, but in the comic book, Cecil's like he like it's a little more ridiculous. It's like you don't understand. Like the president doesn't even know what my position is. That's how high <laughs> up in the government I am. <laughs> it's like all right, Cecil, chill, chill out. So um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, big. But I think that the fact that Nolan is still around is just like the perfect device to get more familiar with. With those characters, because obviously the government would be watching him after this. Um, And it's a little less awkward than just like, 
I forget exactly how. Yeah, he says something. I can't remember what it was either. Um, but the way they introduced him, it's like you kind of like got the gist of who he was pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, yeah, totally, totally. And it's like he's that character's so cool because he's like, at least from where I am in the comic books, and certainly in the first season of this show, he does seem like he's a good person, like a like a real good person who is just like so deluded from many decades of dealing with the most fucked up things in the entire oh, world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like trying to like maintain like a clear sense of morality in a world yeah. that that's impossible to do. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. For sure. Um, for sure. Uh, what do you, what do you, how do you feel about the teen team? Um, so, so far I thought it was pretty good. Um, you know, I was, I was scrubbing through a couple more episodes too. And, and I know that they kind of eventually evolve, um, once robot yeah. starts like recruiting people, but I love duplicate. I like seeing her in, in, in the animation <laughs> versus the, versus the comics and whatnot. And so, um, I thought that's super cool. And then, uh, was it Rexplode? Yep. Um, Rexplode. Just a completely ridiculous character, but <laughs> super fun. I mean, like all the characters are great. That's the one I, thing I love about like all, like the invincible world is like a lot of them are related to other characters, but I just, I just love that. Like, it's like somehow like it it finds that line between being silly and and serious in a really nice way. Totally. Um this might be a, this might be a little bit of a spoiler for you um in the show, but I just found it so so fucking funny that uh that Ad- Adam Eve caught um Rexplode cheating oh. on her with all of Duplicate's duplicates. Yeah, oh my gosh. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. Oh, man. I watched that, that so part. I remember seeing me. that part. Um, yeah, just like the concept of all of that. It's just like, yeah, this, this makes sense. Yep. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, for sure. It very much reminded me of the multiple Dr. Manhattans having sex with uh, Silk oh, Spectre yeah. and Watchmen. Yeah, That's yeah. what it reminded me of. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Like, come on. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, that, anybody, that anybody, anybody in the world who has that power would use it for sexual purposes. Right. No question. No question. Um. Okay, so here's one thing I, I noticed, and actually I will point this out to you and anyone who – I was planning on rewatching the show or maybe you haven't watched it yet. Um, so while Mark Grayson is undoubtedly uh, Spider-Man, he is also Dick Grayson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, for sure. And that is never more shoved in your face than in episode two. There's a scene, I believe is after the team team loses one of the many times they fight those interdimensional aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's after they they lost and and Mark's like oh shit like that di- that didn't go how I expected it to go so this is kind of his first foray into superheroing and there is a there's a scene where he takes off like his yellow uh, cowl I guess and you just see him from the back and he's kind of bent over um like either crying or just exhausted and you can only see the black and the blue of his costume. And with his haircut, he, I mean, it is identical 
he, it's just Nightwing. <laughs> like it's literally just Nightwing. Oh my Nightwing. gosh, dude. And Amazing. and so more than that, the very next scene I mean, like, I feel like they couldn't have, if by some miracle, someone who works on this show is listening to this, I picked up what you were putting down. Because the very next scene, it shows Mark walking through the hallways, and he kind of bumps into somebody, and somebody goes, hey, watch it, dick. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I was like, okay, I get it. Like, he's Dick Grayson. I get it. I get it. But, uh... But yeah, he is definitely Dick Grayson. <laughs> so just just FYI, watch out for those references in episode two. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I mean, even his even his uh, haircut is like it's just Dick Grayson all day. I just gotta um, like this is like a really deep cut comment, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Nightwing, and I just loved watching yeah. the episodes of the new Batman Adventures, which was like kind of the sequel to Batman in the animated series when yeah. Dick Grayson was in it. Oh my god! Yes, I yeah. When you were a kid, it. when I was yesterday years old, I I loved Nightwing. Nightwing is easily one of my uh, one of my favorite DC characters. He's, he might be tied with the Flash, with but, the uh, mullet, right? We we like the mullet. Uh, I wouldn't call it a mullet. I like long haired Nightwing. I, I don't like. I'll tell you the what. Golden if you search, blue. If you search costume. Nightwing, <laughs> Batman the animated series, it is a hundred percent business in front, party in back, baby. Ah, uh, yeah, that's not that's not my favorite. But oh, uh, man, uh, but no, I do yeah, like the black suit with the with the blue. Yeah, uh, you know, I, the best. Bird, I guess. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, and incredible character and incredible ripoff uh, in this in Invincible for sure. Uh, yeah, it is literally oh, no just the Nightwing costume with a yellow cowl and a yellow uh, rectangle on the chest, and that is uh, that is it. I'll tell you what they they got that same little earpiece thing that uh, the new uh, yep. Captain America has. And yep. it, it works a lot better in animation. Let's just say that. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um. Sheesh. All right, I am also in episode two. Uh, we got introduced to Damien Darkblood, who is fine, but pretty inconsequential in the show. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, to me, I'm like, this is basically like Doctor Strange, Hellboy mixed with that, yeah. uh, the question from DC or something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I enjoyed him. I enjoyed yeah, him. Yeah, totally, totally. He was fine, but didn't. Uh, I also yeah. love that Cecil hates him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Cecil just like he's like, I can't deal with this shit. Like, just figure out who it is, please. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you gotten the you again, this might be a spoiler. Um I but, so just in full disclosure, like before this podcast, I went through and I read the synopsis, like the full synopsis of every episode and I scrubbed through them all. So like Okay. I watched certain scenes in every single episode, and I know what happens in the first season totally. So, like, we could talk okay. about whatever. I'm good. So I want to really... leave you completely hanging. You know? <laughs> no, no, you're good. But I, I thought it was really funny that Damien Darkblood was right. He was correct. And yet Cecil still exercised right. him for, yeah. like, no reason. He, he, like, sends him back to hell or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, he's, oh. he's completely right. Uh, and the so only reason funny. why we find that out right is like he uh his little magic uh notebook from Blue's Clues he leaves behind. Yep. You know? Yep, yep. And I do I did think it was kind of uh such a small kind of throwaway line, but I did think it was kind of interesting how he said 
you know, Dark Blood's like, look, you can't, you can't exercise me. Like I've, you, you don't have the the book. And Cecil's like, no, actually, we reconstructed it with AI. So here's the book right now. <laughs> and yeah, I was like, because oh they, they had like some parts of it. And then they use AI to fill in like the missing words. And I was like, fuck, that is totally a thing that could happen. You know what I thought? <laughs> it's like amazing, too, because like they have the scene. I'm trying to remember. They have like the scene where uh, they get some of Nolan's DNA and they like try to like do tests to see if they yeah. can kill him and just yeah. completely fail. I just yeah, I love that. Like those two things together. I just like love how. You know, like the humans don't have powers, but they figure shit out. You yes. know what I mean? And I yes. love that aspect of things because it kind of gives everyone a closer to even playing field in some aspects. Totally, totally. Um. All right. So also one one more thing. And we don't have like I don't have a bunch of things for every episode, but I just want to I do want to point out one thing in episode two. Um, I. J.K. fucking Simmons is such an amazing voice actor that when Omni-Man goes through the portal of the interdimensional aliens and yeah, he's yeah. about to he's about to fuck up their whole society, um, like, you know, they're they're throwing everything they can at him and obviously doesn't even touch him. Oh, dude, that was and so then, fucked, too, when he goes through dude, and, like, I, just, like, murders them all. Yes, so... After after they attacked him, he just did the clat. It's the most cliched line in all of superhero entertainment, where he just goes, "My turn," and it's uh, yeah. <laughs> but the, he just delivered to perfection by J.K. Simmons, where it's like, oh man, I, I really loved it, I, and I was very impressed that he could make such a cliched line sound so cool. He's he's a really good actor. I think yeah. I, I wasn't quite sure on like it's always weird when you read something and then you watch either a movie or it's in this case, it's an animated show. Right. Um, I wasn't sure it was matching up with what I expected, but I was really happy with it at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, because you probably have voices for all these characters in your head already. Yeah, it's it's, it's weird because like I do, but I don't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's yeah, like yeah, I, I'm yeah. reading it with my head voice, but like it's kind of like Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon was the first big example where I was like, I don't know if like this is lining up with what I expected it to be. But then yeah. like Bradley Cooper, like that's all I hear. Yeah, so, so good. Yeah, you just have to like get used to it, and then you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, like they nailed it. Um, totally. And this one, I feel like they nailed it. So totally. Um. So for for episode three, I. <laughs> so I wrote storylines where superheroes have to basically lead on a love interest, make me uncomfortable, and I feel super bad for Amber because <laughs> the uh, the series version of Amber, I feel like, is a huge improvement over the comic book version of Amber. So far, so far. Um, yeah, that seems fair. But I just, I feel like she's like more of like a, like a real like character. And... Um, and she just seems so cool. It's like she's trying so hard. Like she's bending over backwards for Mark. And Mark, you're a dickhead. Just, yeah, just do better. Yeah, he's kind of an better. idiot, dude. Yeah. He's kind of an idiot. Just do better. It'll um, be interesting. She has some really interesting character development in the in the comic. Oh, interesting. And I'm wondering how much they're going to include in the show. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, they definitely touch on some very dark shit. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I have not gotten to that point in the comics, I guess, but I'm, I'm super stoked for that. Um, yeah. Also in episode three, I wrote the note, Doc Seismic is a woke king. Uh, <laughs> um, Wait, did we talk about, um, did we talk about Alan the alien? Cause that was episode two, not three. Oh right? yeah, you're right. You're right. Yes. I, I meant to mention, yeah. Dark blood and Alan, the alien were introduced in episode two. Yes, that that shit is hilarious to me, dude. It's when so they're good. fighting fucking and he's Seth like Rogan too, it's the, the coalition of planets, and he's like, "I'm supposed to just fight you," and then he's like, "Okay, see you later." <laughs> <laughs> and then later on, so I guess jumping ahead a little bit, when Alan comes back mm-hmm. and uh, and he's like, "No fuck," or maybe it wasn't the episode. At some point during their during their meeting. It, it you find out that Alan was never even supposed to be at Earth. Yeah, yeah, so that's you're episode all supposed two. Supposed to be at Urath. Urath, yeah, yep, that's exactly <laughs> it. Because then he's like, "Oh, all right, see ya." Yeah, and then he's like, "I'm supposed to go to Urath." Yeah, he's but then he goes. Idiot. Yeah, then he goes back to the Coalition of Planets, which happens off screen. But then he comes back and he's like, "Buddy, you got a Viltrumite living here. What are you fucking doing? Like, I was never supposed to be here." Oh, we should. If anybody's only listening to this. One, don't do that. You're not going to understand any of this. Yeah, but, go watch the show. It's very yes, good. Yes, it is very, very good. good. But uh, Viltrumites are, are like the race. They're uh, they're uh, Kryptonians, essentially. Yeah, I, was they're say, like, I was about to say yeah. Kryptonians, yep. Yeah, they're evil Kryptonians, I guess. But um, yeah, hu- huge fan of uh, Alan the Alien. And I, and I feel like... Seth Rogen is such a great, uh, a great actor to portray him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's I. I didn't even realize it was him at first. That's another like thing where I was like, "Who is that?" And then I looked. <laughs> up, I was like, "Well, yeah, it works perfect." Yeah, he's super good. Um. Also, in episode three, the the Mahler twins who become a, a very large, if not the main. Well, I guess other than Omni Man, they're like the main villains. I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so they broke out of jail in episode three. Very, this I would say is the biggest departure from the comics is their whole storyline. Yep. Um, cause in, in the series, they do a lot of work with robot. Um, which as we find out later in later episodes is because robot wants them to, you know, they have expertise, they have cloning expertise and, and like gene growing expertise and robot wants them to grow him a body. Cause as it turns out, robot is not actually a robot. He's like a, um, he's, uh, he, clearly he has many, 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 uh, birth defects and, and he is, uh, he is a person, uh, with many birth defects and he is surviving in basically a, a vat and he's controlling, right. uh, the robot that we up to that point have thought was just a sentient robot is actually more like a drone that he's been controlling. But I've always really liked that, that, that yeah. storyline. I thought it was really interesting. Same. And what I really liked, so I'm not up quite to this point in the comics because this happens way later in the comics. Um, but the reason why Robot decided to do this, and also he decided to have the Mauler twins grow a younger body of Rexplode, um, it's because he, Robot, started developing feelings for this character 
Monster Girl, who is this early 20s character who whenever she she's the Hulk, basically, with a curse. Right. But but whenever she hulks out, she gets younger. And so she's this like mid 20s character who is actually like appears as like a 12 year old or 13 year old. And Rose is not at all. <laughs> I, dude, love, I love her character. I know. And uh, and so Robot noticed that she seemed to be attracted to Rex. So Robot, so that's why Robot stole Rex's DNA and made the Mahler twins um, grow him a new body that was Rex, who as like a 12 year old. So Monster yep. Girl. It's fucking just a wild storyline from top to bottom. Um, Somehow also completely justifiable and just I feel like how the world works. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Yeah. Like you would think some part of that would be cancelable and it been maybe it is. But I feel like in that crazy universe that they exist in. It kind of it kind of tracks, I guess. Yeah. He's like, like this little little like weird ass human dude that just wants to fuck and he's like okay well let's make this happen (laughs) oh man super weird but so what i am very interested in and i assume uh, so having read the comic books um as you know tom the way the Mahler twins break out of jail in the comics is they are broken out by this character that has not been yet introduced in the show um who is basically a dimension hopper Mm mm-hmm and f- from what I've read in, in the comics, this is a very, very uh, big character <laughs> um, who has not yet been introduced in the show. And so I wonder. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Like, I wonder if he's going to be kind of the main series two um, villain. Yeah. I'm like, I'm kind of wondering how many series seasons this show is going to have. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah, it'll be interesting. Um because there's a I don't know. He's he's pretty he's pretty big in the comics for sure. And so maybe I know he has a lot to do with some stuff with Eve and, and whatnot and um so yeah, I don't know. Do you maybe remember he, his name? I can't remember his name. You're it's, talking about Angstrom Levy uh yes, Levi, yes. right? Yep. yep, 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 yep. Or Levy, whatever is I don't know. Yeah, how to yeah. It, but uh, yeah, he's he's in the comics quite a bit. Yes, yes, so, he is. Um, and he's super assume... cool. Like, big fan of his storyline in the comics, and I'm very excited to see how that plays out uh, in the show. Yeah, because it's I mean, there's there's a lot to go on there. It's already they've already said that this will be at least three seasons. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I'm sure he'll pop up and have a pretty significant role because it'll be it'll be cool to look at too. And see all that stuff happen outside of yes. the comics pain, you know? For sure. Um, all right, all I have for episode four is Amber is the best, and it sucks that Mark's probably going to end up with Eve. Uh, and, and and I love the scene where he was uh, leaving for space, but saying goodbye to Amber. I thought that was super cute. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to, like, episode four... Um, they're still looking for who killed everyone. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm going through what I yep. have written down here. And um, they're, and they're oh, sending the, the Martian thing, yeah, right? The Mars, the Mars mission. Yeah. Yeah. Cecil that's... sends, sends, he wanted to send Omni-Man to get him off planet. And right, Omni-Man's right. like, nah, bro. I obviously know what you're up to. And so Mark, who doesn't know shits like, well, I'll go. 
<laughs> and so, yeah. oh my and uh, so Omni Man's like, no. Uh, but but yeah, he ends up going. Um, yeah, I really like that storyline too, because then like one of the, uh, basically one of the Martians comes back to Earth. Yeah, is that? So I believe that is apparent in the comic, but is that actually apparent in the in the show? Do they tease it, that? It's, I think they tease it, but it's I they, I don't think anything really comes of it. I'm trying to, I'm trying okay. to remember what happens. I don't, I don't not know. only not only does one of the uh, Martians come to Earth, but we discover in the se- season finale that there are these little they're called sequids, and it's like if one <laughs> ever bonds with a human it's gonna be like the end of the universe and guess what happened one bonded with a human (laughs) get ready yeah so that's that's gonna be insane um yeah that's i i I like that i like that storyline i feel like there's there's it was a good episode it's very good yeah yeah also i there is another uh just a little if you're watching this and you want to pick up try to pick up on some things um, there's one scene where Debbie is talking to Nolan and Nolan is basically like, yeah, Cecil thinks I, I might've had something to do with the guardians of the globe thing. Can you believe it? And she says, but you didn't right? And Nolan oh, yep, never yep. says no. He, he, he immediately just says, he's like, well, uh, Cecil never liked me. I'm, I'm not human. And, but like, he never like, why wouldn't you if you're a psych just deny it nolan like why are you leaving this trail of breadcrumbs yeah it's it's oh my gosh nolan i just love his character so much yes agreed i feel like it's just really interesting and they do a really good job and i love it yes um for episode five my notes are the intro of Cement Man is super fucking hype, <laughs> super hype, and it is, uh, I, and there's something cool, I think, in almost every episode, but the score to the show is fine, but the soundtrack, like, the actual songs they bring in are, like, 10 out of 10, always hit super, for me, it's like they always hit the right uh, tone. I guess I forgot, like, to, like, mention that when I first started watching it. I guess I like wasn't expecting like songs to be in this. Yeah, it kind of threw me off at first. If I'm being honest, dude, I'm I'm pretty sure it's something like like the intro of Cement Man is just like this some kind of song. It's like bow down to the king. It's just like it's so. Oh my hyped. gosh, it's just so fucking <laughs> hype. It just got me so hyped. I was like, who is this guy? Um, and that Cement character Man. turns out to be really interesting. And also, um. His backstory in the show, from up to where I am in the comics, it is much more fleshed out in the show, and that character is much more relatable and, um, I think, interesting in the show because you see his motivations. And I won't, I will not be surprised if uh, his daughter comes up in the comics as well. But it just comes mm. up sooner in the show where it's like, oh, he's got a sick daughter. Like that's why he's doing all this sh- crazy shit. It's got to be really interesting to like. Uh to like write like a comic book that's really popular and then like get the opportunity to almost just kind of rewrite it. Yeah. In a sense. Totally. It's got to be really, really interesting. Um, Cause I think Robert Kirkman actually wrote the first and last episodes of this season. Um, 
Oh wow! But yeah, it's it's really interesting just to to see what things they change, what things they don't, um, because there's a lot there's a lot in here for sure. There's yeah, lots of lots to talk about, lots of lots of stuff that they threw in, and I and I feel like it's a really good um, opportunity to kind of highlight like you can have a lot of stuff, and if you balance it right, it works really well. Yeah, and I feel like they balance it all very well. Totally, totally, totally. Um. I forgot what I was just going to say. So so we're still on episode five, right? So this is yep. Debbie finds the notebook. Yeah. Kind of all of her suspicions. She hatches of, a plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, she finds the suit. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, so so my, my note about that part, which I really loved about this, uh, this characterization of Debbie, is she basically she had this plan where she like wanted to investigate a little bit. And so what she did was she calculated exactly how long it would take Nolan to fly across the world to collect certain ingredients for dinner. And so she called him and she's like, Hey, can we get like this from France and this from wherever and this from wherever? And as soon as he flew away, she started a timer. So she's like, this is going to buy me like 12 minutes basically. And I thought, I don't know why, but I thought that was just awesome, like really fucking awesome. Imagine the balls you have to have. Oh, my God. I mean, like, I already felt like a little bit bad for her because it's just like you're literally like the the lady that is like you have a super powered son who's basically Jesus. And then you have a husband who is God. Yeah. I don't know why I made this so biblical because <laughs> I hate that shit. But um, it's just like. <laughs> I don't like comparing superheroes to God because I feel like it's super cliche. But, like, in this show, he kind of is just, like, omnipotent in every way. Um, And so it's just, like, talk about having some gonads investigating, uh, you know, your husband who could, like, literally kill you in a second. Yeah. Um, And, and yeah, that, that, that whole process and how it plays out is crazy. And it's super interesting. Yeah. Well, not only that is later in... So I don't really have... I, I felt like episode six was good, but it wasn't super consequential. Justin Roiland makes a cameo appearance as uh, kind of Rick Sanchez, but not really as is yep. all, all of his voices. But um, and then I wrote Eve's dad is a huge bitch. I hate that guy. Um, <laughs> Eve's dad, huge bitch. Yeah, I, I really fucking hate that guy. Um, I like when William realizes Invincible is Mark. I was not yep. expecting the cyborg guy to kill himself, <laughs> but oh I gosh, but I yeah. thought it was really funny. Um, oh, oh, okay. There, I guess there is. Ah, I wanted to skip because I wanted to talk about Nolan's mom, but I actually already forgot the point I was going to make. So the one thing in episode six I wanted to talk to you about is uh-huh. why the fuck were the Mahler twins able to just dig up the immortal from the ground how is the immortal's body not in like cecil's lab well, I guess, or whatever i guess like the immortal immortal's body they like they did all the stuff to try and bring him back yeah and it didn't work um but then remember also what was it episode three there's like a televised funeral for all of the all of the guardians too oh so but wouldn't you Man, I would just put. I feel like you can't just bury a guy called the Immortal 
in the ground and just expect probably that to be fine. not you know yeah probably <laughs> not i mean yeah. I, I totally get your point it makes complete sense but uh yeah it probably yeah just from like the story perspective it it makes more interesting and a more interesting story to be able to dig his body up and fuck around with it a little yeah. bit i guess yeah that's um, true um but yeah no that that's that's at least what I took from it. Since they showed the funeral, they're like, okay, they tried to bring him back to life. Which let me just say, going back all the way to episode one, when like they uncover like the bodies or uh, of the Guardians of the Globe and like start trying to like save them, that was like the most fucked thing. Uh, yeah, watching yeah, it. yeah. When like they're like attaching their heads to like these weird pieces of technology that you've never seen, um, super weird. Yeah, but, uh, I loved it. Yes, yes, big fan. Um, I you know that's another ch- big change between the comic and the show is the immortal is much more quickly brought back in the comic um, yes yes which uh and i that character is interesting I, i'm i'm psyched to see more of that character in seasons two and maybe three of the uh of the show for sure um because he I, it's almost like again that one's almost like if it's like Superman, but not really Superman, but also kind of Wolverine. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of uh, yeah. That's actually a, that's actually a really good. Yeah, he's kind of a little mix mix between a few of them there. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. I I, I was trying to think of who I thought it would be, but uh, that's probably the best closest thing that you could go with. Yeah, he's definitely very uh, Wolverine-ish for sure. Um. But okay, so two two more episodes left. I'm trying to not dwell on too many things here. Uh, episode seven, the first thought I had for this episode is Eve has by far the most versatile powers of anyone in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Once you start doing, like, the energy shit, yeah, it yeah. just, she starts, like, she... I guess I was gonna say, like, she kind of, like, starts off where, like, she doesn't seem super strong, and then, like, yeah. she seems to me like a... Uh, a Jean Grey, you know, yes, where it's like totally. we find out she's like just like she's OP. crazy. Yeah, oh, she's yeah. she's for sure OP. She uh, so when it really hit me was she grounded her coffee beans, instantly boiled her water, and then <laughs> and then cleaned her entire costume and her body just by like kind of basically thinking about it in like one second. I was like, can oh, so imagine she can do being like able anything. to do that shit, though. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. Oh my god, it's it'd my be the dream best. powers right there. Yes, yes, that would be the best. Um, episode seven is like the re- like the robot reveal that we talked about earlier. But the yep. one thing I want to mention is so the voice actor for Rexplode is oh god, he's very so he plays um. Pimento in Brooklyn Nine Nine. You would definitely recognize his voice immediately if you watch the show and have seen him. A- anything else he's in? And what's that guy's name? Um, look, Jason Matsukas. And um, so he has a very unique voice. Like nobody else really sounds like this guy. And what I was absolutely blown away by is the voice actor who plays, like, new robot, who is called Rudy, who is a clone of Rex. Right. Does the most incredible job, like, ever at getting just those exact, like, voice mannerisms 
And I didn't even think about that. Dude, That's it's incredible. Crazy. It is incredible how much he he just nails it. Just su- ridiculous amount of talent. Um ah, and I did look up who Um Rudy's is uh blah 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 Rexplode. Ross Mar-, Mar Ross Marquand. Oh, you know who that is though? You who? know who Ross Marquand is? He's the guy that played Red Skull in Infinity War and no does the shit. impersonation of the original Red Skull voice. Oh, so this guy's just like a god at impersonations, I guess. Yes. Yeah, because wow. he does like a perfect impersonation of the Red Skull, which is why he got that job. Dude, shout out to you, Ross. You're I was like very impressed. Like, cause he has just has such a unique cadence. And he just nailed it. Like it's a different voice, but it's like you could clearly tell. There was a, oh man, I don't know. I, I was yeah, really like, impressed by that. His Hugo Weaving impersonation is like, it, it basically might as well just be Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Anyway, shout out to you, Ross. Um, yes, I, I really like that. I did not know that was him until just now, and now it makes complete sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, also in this episode, this is kind of like the the beginning of the end. I consider episode seven and eight like one long episode. It's just the finale. Yeah, yeah, it definitely um, feels that way. Where like Nolan really starts going off the rails. Um, so I did hear this in another podcast, but I wanted to mention it because I think it's a cool touch. Once Debbie basically confront, confronts Nolan of like, look, like I know you did this. What's your deal? Nolan basically never walks again for the entire rest of the series. He, I think he does it one time where, so basically after he's found out, he only floats. Like he never touches the ground other than the fact given up the facade. Exactly. Other than the fact he does land and very menacingly walks towards William's car when he's like, where the fuck is Mark? (laughs) Like, (laughs) and William's shitting his pants, obviously. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah, and uh, but other than that, he never sets foot in the house ever again. He floats all through the house. Interesting. I didn't notice that. Um, no, me neither, but I thought that was a really... I, I did notice it on my second watch, which is why... So shout out to... I'm pretty sure that was the Weekly Planet where I heard that on, so shout out to them. Um, also, Donald is kind of an inconsequential character in the series. However, I really enjoyed, like... He really put up a decent, like, five to ten second fight against Omni-Man as just a guy. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Like, he for he, sure. he he was in the house, and he had this crazy uh, men in black weapon that he, that he tried to shoot at him. And then, basically, he did the uh, he did the suicide. He did the suicide yeah. bomb. He's like, look, it was, it was great working with you, Cecil. I'm going to blow up this this neighborhood now and uh See you later yeah so he blows up the house with omni-man in it and i did like the touch of where debbie is at this point in like the government thing with cecil watching all of this and cecil's like look like don't worry we evacuated the neighborhood and at best like there's no way we killed him at best we just knocked him out for a little and then the, the smoke clears and the omni man's just standing there with like out of scratch and Cecil's like or maybe we didn't hit him at all like yeah he's he's basically yeah. you you're, you can't do anything to him yeah maybe we he's, didn't even put a scratch on him it's absolutely insane yeah. but i love that i love like Same. that they make it clear that he's just untouchable Same. okay so last episode 
so much insane shit happens in this episode. Also, it birthed a meme, which is also a great uh, sign for a show. I saw so many of those. Thank Mark. Oh, my gosh. Um, Poor Chicago. Wait, what what happened to Chicago? What about Chicago? Just like just like when uh when they're fighting Nolan and Mark and and like Chicago oh, like they're yeah, fighting yeah, in Chicago ter- and all yeah. these people get destroyed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This show um, made me realize how much I would hate actually living in a world with superheroes even more than it'd I be terrible. had thought about it. Yeah, it would it's be awful. absolutely terrible. Yeah. Um unless you were one. And even then it still would be terrible. Yeah. But yeah, just exactly. for different reasons. Yep. But uh, okay, so some things that really were just fucking wild in episode eight for me was Mark and Nolan are finally fighting because uh, Immortal Man, whatever the fuck his name is, comes back and right. um, and Mark watches his father, Omni Man, just uh, destroy man, he <laughs> punch through him. Like literally yep. punched through him. And so shit goes down at that point. Um, everything comes out in the open. Omni-Man's like, look, I told you I was a good guy, but actually I'm a bad guy. We're here to conquer Earth, and you are going to help me because you are a Viltrumite like me. And Mark's like, bro, no. Like, this is my home. I'm not going to do that. And so they kind of start this very awkward conversation <laughs> mid-fight. And what I think is the most brutal line by far is um mark's like no like what about mom what about me like i know you love mom and omni man goes i do love your mother but she's more like a pet to me and i just look oh god damn that is so brutal talk about just completely fucked oh so completely fucked so fucking brutal um and he's saying that in the sense of like you and I as Viltrumites are going to live thousands of years. Like everything you know right now, you're not even going to look 30 years old by the time everything you know is gone. And it's like part of me, I understand that logic, but like not not delivered like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Some some tact could have been used there. Yeah, you know. for sure. Um but it is interesting to think – I mean that that kind of thing – it's not the first time that trope has been done, not even close. But it always is interesting to me of like if you are – if you were to live thousands of years, like what would life be like? Like it makes me think of like human beings think of a full life relative to ourselves, right? But it's like it makes me think of – not to get too weird here, but it's like – when you like smush a bug that otherwise would only live for like two weeks, it's like sometimes like we as human beings are like, who can like, it's just a bug. It was only going to be alive for two weeks, but it's like, that's a lifetime. That's <laughs> a relative the, lifetime. Did you get to the part of the comic where they, uh, Mark visits like an alien race out in space? Not yet. I think I'm just about, I just got to the okay. Alan, the alien, uh, issue where where he goes okay. back to the, the the correlation or whatever of uh of planets and and you find I, out I, uh 
Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they're not say, as safe from the Viltrumites as they thought there. Right. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> say that, like, of the of the kind of line of thinking you were just going through with, like, time spans and how long people live, there's an interesting part of this comic where they touch on that a little bit, which I think is interesting. So I, it's I, a very interesting concept to think about. Yeah, no, it, it for sure is. Like, and And it does make me think of, like, you, if there were an alien race that lived for thousands and thousands of what we consider to be a year, what would necessarily stop them? Like they would see us as like our lives would mean nothing. Like they're not significant in any way. Cause we only live for such a small part of, I don't know. I, I, I shit like yeah. that is really interesting for me to think about. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's hard to really comprehend, quite frankly. Um, But yeah, it's it's an interesting concept to even think about, because like, yeah, like once you start talking about like insects and stuff like that, it's like we don't find any consequences with us killing one of those. We don't think. Right. Exactly. But that's like a life that you're ending. Exactly. It just isn't on the same scale of life that we deem our own. Exactly. So it's inconsequential. Yeah. Or it's it's seen as in in consequence. It's treated right, yeah. as if it's inconsequential. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like uh, like people don't care. Yeah. You know, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. It's, it's just you just don't want to be the bug in that instance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's for sure. Um. But but speaking of being being the bug, I think the most brutal scene in this whole series by far, and I don't believe this scene was in the comic at all. And man, is it a great addition to the show. Omni-Man grabs Mark by the head, flies him into a subway, and stands there and holds Mark by his head in front of him as a train runs into them. And he uses Mark as basically a wedge to split down the middle of this train as guts and arms and blood is just flying. And he's using Mark basically as a weapon, like... Oh my fucking god! Dude. It is brutal. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember the specifics. Like they fight a lot, right? Yeah. Um, in the comics, and I'm trying to remember which ones were there. But yeah, that was pretty fucked. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, extremely fucked. Yeah, it's uh, just Nolan and Mark, and just like the way the show shows the fights, it's just uh, it hits you both emotionally, and then like you're just like the physicality of it is insane. Yes. Um. And so it's just looking at it like for me, I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, <laughs> yeah. This shit is insane, and you know, it's you definitely have to be ready for it because they don't hold they they don't hold their punches at no, all. No, no, they don't. No pun intended. <laughs> um. All right. So last thing about this episode, then I have a question for you. Um. I really loved the. So at the end, it's kind of part of this episode is almost like an epilogue, I would say. And yes. um, So while Cecil is kind of showing Mark after the shit went down, he's like showing Mark around the government facility. They enter this room that is just pure white light. And you come to find out that actually what is happening there is the government has been putting a certain chemical into American tap water that inhibits certain bands of light from human uh, vision. And so they use this technology where basically they just flood an area with a certain amount of light and people can't see what's happening. 
it blinds them essentially. But when they turn that light off, it's totally normal. Right. And I thought that I thought that was so interesting and cool. And I was like, shit, like I'm not a, a government conspiracy person at all, but I but I enjoy thinking about like the what ifs. And that is a oh, fu- yeah, that is a fun sure. one to think about. I'm like, damn, what if? Like that would be so wild. There's just like this crazy like frequency band of light that you could just use to bl- essentially make things invisible. <laughs> Imagine uh, do you, how many people actually believe that's real now. Thousands, like easily thousands. Way, there are so many, many dumb fuckers. In the, in like, wow, there you go. There, there you have it. You heard it here first. Dude, easily, There's so many dumb fuckers. Easily thousands. People saw that and was like, oh, that explains so goddamn much. I'm not <laughs> drinking water ever again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For Jesus. sure. Um, but all right. So, uh, so my question, my final question to you, and I, this might be more difficult for you to answer because you know how the comic ends. But it seemed to yes. me in the show, Nolan seemed to be expressing a lot more regret or remorse than he did in the comics. And I think uh, my question to you is, I mean, he essentially flew away from Earth. Like he ran away with tears in his yeah. eyes because he felt bad. It's, well, that was my interpretation. Um, right. But what but I'm wondering, do you think they're going to make the the cartoon Omni-Man um, like, do you think that that character is going to be regretful in some way for like what he's done? I think so. I think I don't think it's even regretful. I think I think despite his best interests, he and despite him trying really hard to not let him have a, an emotional connection to Earth and then his family, he does. And I think the show is trying to just show more of that turmoil than maybe was shown in the book. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, you know, I think it's almost more unrealistic uh, to not have him have some emotional connection that he struggles with, even though he always tries to overpower it with, like, what he's supposed to be doing from a Viltrumite, you know, yep. uh, perspective and taking over, you know, Earth and whatnot. Um, and so, like, he's, like, He's super fucked up in the head. Yes. And so it's like he keeps kind of bouncing back and having like, you know, very like bipolar uh, mood swings uh, where it's like, you know, sometimes he feels really emotional and then like he's using his son as like a weapon. You know, it's like these are very polar opposite things, but you can tell like he's literally gone crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I I feel like they actually I liked that they showed that he's not just a straight up psychopath that's been putting up a facade. He's pretending that he is, but like he does struggle with it a little bit, which I like. Yeah, same. Um, despite the fact that he's like a murderous psychopath. Yeah. Because I think like if you look at how people act in real life, um e- even people that are like murderers or serial killers and stuff like that, like the way like your psyche gets like damaged um it's like you'll like you'll like treat someone really nice and then kill them or kill them and like and then like be like taking care of their dead body it's like it's super fucked up and it doesn't make sense but that's because like you're you've gone uh you know like you're you've had a psychotic break of yeah, some sort yeah. and like your brain can't like really comprehend these two things together um and i actually kind of feel like that's what they're trying to do there where it's it's kind of showing the two sides of Nolan a little bit, despite, uh, you know, him trying to avoid the, you know, part of what he's feeling. 
Nice. Yeah, no, I I think I uh I agree. I I agree. And I, and I did like I I really like that they made that more apparent in the show than they did in the in the comic for sure because it yeah. makes him more not relatable but I think it, it more human. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know, like you can tell the vitramite viltramites are like really like they're obviously very scientifically advanced and they have all this military, you know, if you call it military, you know, they have all this this infrastructure set up so that they can expand their race, et cetera, et cetera, whatever it is they're trying to take over planets. And so you could tell, like, if you're thinking about them from a Kryptonian perspective that like, you know, they have all this science built up and all these plans. And that's probably been like pushed into him as a person uh, over time. And he's been taught all these things, but like you can't spend, even if it's an insignificant amount of time, on Earth, like, pretending to live this life and not have it affect you in some way. You just can't. Um, and I think it's good that they're showing that. Yeah. I, it's, it, it'll be interesting to see what else they change a little bit. That's what I like about watching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, agreed. I am so st- – I mean, there's no way – like, I'll probably be done with the se- with the comic series by the next recording. I oh, yeah, I bet. I'm yeah. flying through it. We'll have to talk about it. Yeah. Well, speaking speaking of talking about what we've been uh, what we've been doing, would you like to move on to recommendations? Yeah. Well, let's let's rate this. this oh, that's this right. One first. That's and right. I would also just like to say that I could have totally lied and said I watched this all and talked through. I think I could have. That done is it for true. Sure, I think you probably could have as well. But I'm I'm an honest man, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll live by that. No, okay. So as we do on the Infinity Watch podcast. Even if it's not a Marvel property, we rate our episodes, our series, out of six whole Infinity Stones, unadulterated, not even by a Viltrumite. And so let's rate the entire series, or sorry, the entire first season of Invincible out of six whole Infinity Stones. Eric, what do you got? This is a strong five out of six for me. We are we are lockstep here, my friend. <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a five for sure. Yeah. I, I'm really interested to see where it goes. Um, you know, very few complaints on my end so far. Yeah. And I'm gonna finish watching the whole thing. Um, you know, without without scrubbing through things like I was doing. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really happy. I'll, I'll probably rewatch it again as a whole too. Um, you know, as I slowly go through it, I just I'm I'm like a grandpa with these shows now. I watch like one every couple of days. Um but uh yeah, easy strong five. Not quite a six, but easy yep. strong five. Yep. Totally. It's not agree. like the first episode of WandaVision or anything, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is like I do think it might have been a six if not for the first episode. <laughs> I really think a lot of these yeah. shows, like, you just gotta nail the first episode for me. Yeah, that's actually a good point. The first episode was clunky for me too. Yeah, I was like, "All right, can we like get into the, like the fun part here?" Because like so far it's pretty basic. And then like when it got into that, I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, like let's do it. Yep, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it." All righty, I love it. I love it when we agree on things uh, when it comes to ratings. Oh yeah, uh, and it's not me giving it a six and you like a two or something. So, <laughs> all righty, let's jump into recommendations. Um, I wonder if we have the same recommendation this week. What do you got, Eric? Oh, so we we do not because after many, many months of me uh, putting it off, I finally completed the video game Cyberpunk 
2077. Oh my gosh. And holy shit, what an amazing game. Um really, I've heard like so many mixed signals on this game here. So the 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 negatives of this game that I've seen are just due to its la- one its launch and two its console versions are like broken. So I have been playing it on a PC. I experienced I mean no significant bugs, literally zero. Also wow. also there have been several patches out by this point. Um but oh it's such a goddamn shame what happened with the rollout because this game truly is like amazing amazing like top tier one of the best i've ever played um particularly if you are into a cyberpunk kind of aesthetic which i very much love that yeah you love that shit yes i do and um oh it's just like the store like the characters are just like so like they just felt so real and the storyline was just like so cool I mean, I don't even really know what it's, it's huge. Like it's one of those games. It's like grand theft auto in, in terms of like its scope where it's hard to even focus on exactly like what the main story was or whatever. Cause you do, you know, if you're playing it, in my opinion, the right way you do everything, like you do all the side quests, whatever, whatever, or not necessarily everything, but anything that interests you, you know? Um, but, uh, so I so I ended up doing like all the side quests, all I mean everything, and I absolutely loved it. So I would say if you have been turned off by uh, some of the discourse around Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven because it had a rocky launch, and it did, um, especially if you if you are a PC gamer, there if you like RPGs or adventure games, even a little bit. You have absolutely got to play this game. You have to. Uh, you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Um, if you're on console, maybe do some Googling to see if it's uh, if it's up to snuff on console yet. But once it is, I mean, you just, everybody should play. If you are into this aesthetic, I should say, everybody should give this game a try. It's a, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. Damn, and that's it's, high praise. It's such a shame. It's such a shame what happened with the rollout. And it's not like it was deserved. Like I'm not trying to, uh, you know, CD project red is the developer. They deserved all the hate they got for sure. Yeah. That was a mess. It was a, it was was a a big mess, but it's like, it makes me so sad because of what this game could have been. If it just, if they, if it just wasn't broken at launch, if it was this exact same game, just not broken. And, and what, and, and what the, conversation well, it was around delayed it like been. 18 times as well right yeah but i almost wish like they should have delayed it 19 times you know what i mean because like who cares at yeah. that point like <laughs> but uh it's such a shame that the conversation around it became how broken it was instead of what a great story it was um super good i cannot recommend it enough cyberpunk 2077 that is my recommendation there we go. Well, that's what I was going to recommend, so we're all done. Oh, no, well, there you go. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. You know, I think I've already said this before, but, like, go read Invincible. Like, just go read that yes. book. It is it's the super easiest good. comic book you can read. I know people are scared to read, like, Marvel and DC comics sometimes because there's all this history. 
you can start off on square one and jump into it and just keep reading. And there's no other context you need other than this book. Yep. And so my recommendation to everybody listening, if you have not read Invincible, if you haven't watched Invincible, go watch Invincible and why did you even get to this point? But you can go on Amazon and buy Invincible Compendium Volume 1, okay? This has 47 comic book issues in it wow. for $38.99. It's super cheap. Super, super cheap. Um, it's totally worth reading. It is a little bit different from the show, but I think it's just as good, and you'll fly through it. If if you like the show and you haven't picked up a, like a paper comic book before, check it out. It is... It is a 10 out of 10 comic book series. It's very, very good. Yep. Um, and so that that's my recommendation. That's very kind of uh, in line with what we're talking about. But I just want to reiterate it. I know a lot of people are scared to jump into comics sometimes. This is the easiest comic you could ever read. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, um, it's a comfortable read, I'll say. Yes. Yep. Um, very enjoyable. Very enjoyable, for sure. Highly recommend it. Yeah. All righty. Um, next week we will be back and we're going to be discussing Thor, Thor the Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok, kind of a three-peat of Thor movies. Um, obviously, uh, we're getting close to Loki being a series, um, but instead of kind of going through every single Loki appearance, we're going to go through all the Thor movies and kind of go through those beat by beat and uh, kind of go through them and review them again, similar to how, do we, how we did in our first season of this podcast. And so we, we kind of want to go through the movies uh, in clumps now, I guess, for a better, a better lack of word, uh, lack of term, whatever it is, um, when we have some breaks here. And so next week we'll be going through the Thor movies. The following week we will uh, go through kind of our hype episode for Loki, our expectations, our predictions, and then we'll be talking about Loki each week as we go through that series. Um, if you want to reach out to us, shoot us an email at theinfinitywatchpodcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at Twitter at Infinity Rewatch. Um, I tweeted out that picture of, uh, of, uh, comic British, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. So check that out. It's as British as it gets. Um, but yeah, tweet at us, email us, you know where it's at and, uh, we'll, we'll get back at you. We might mention you if, uh, your comments are funny, but, um, I just want to say uh, thanks for all the love we've been. Uh, we've been getting some good uh, reviews and listens on the podcast. So if if you if you like what uh, you're listening to, share it with people, rate us, uh, like us, whatever it is you're listening on, uh, we appreciate it. So next week we'll be back with Thor, and I think with that we will. Do we have a Seth Rogen like fuck the fuck the millionaire billionaires? Are we good? Oh God! Oh, oh God! Can you do that? Is it possible? F- Dude, maybe not. <laughs> fuck, uh, fuck the billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Stan Lee with a with the laugh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love oh, it. Oh man.